because all those years I received the script from Hollywood uh, uh, around the world. Uh -huh. Police from Hong Kong, police from China, police uh, CIA from Hong Kong, CIA so from China. So were you worried about being typecasted? Yes, right. Uh, because action star life very short. Sure. If a actor life longer, just like Robert Redford, mm -hmm. uh, Dustin Hoffman, right. you know, they, they 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 act forever. Right. Then I said, if I would Robert continue, De Niro, yeah, Robert De Niro, Clint Eastwood, sure, yeah. If I'm continue when the, in the film business, I got to change. Otherwise, very quick. I'm getting old. I cannot fight anymore. Cannot do any stunt. Oh. Then the mm. audience probably, and that time I'm changed my character too late. Sure. So, but for the last 20 years, I'm try to different. Like few years ago, Karate Kid. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, Major. Suppose they have a Karate Kid, Karate Kid Two. Okay. But the script doesn't write. Uh, sure. But now seven years later, uh -huh. I, they they want to do. I say, you still want to do Karate Kid now? Karate men. <laughs> Jaden. Yeah, yeah. Jaden taller than me now. I got hairs all over my body. I'm not a kid anymore. Right, right, right. right. That's right. the peludo, you know. Karate men. Karate adults. <laughs>to a chantastic episode of Not A Bomb Podcast. This is the podcast where we go back and revisit the movies that bombed in the theaters or didn't get a lot of love from the film critics. I gotta be honest, this is a very special episode. We are here, it, it's a belated celebration, but we are here to talk about the man, the legend, Jackie Chan. We're gonna celebrate his birthday by talking about one of his movies. And with me as always is my good friend, Brad. Brad, please tell me, you are having a fantastic day. Fantastic as always. Awesome. And we could not have a discussion about one of the greatest, I don't know, actors, directors, stunt person. Stuntmen. Stuntmen, <laughs> without inviting our good friend, Jose. Welcome back, Jose. You were here for Showgirls, and now you're here for our Jackie Chan birthday celebration. Yes, I got asked back after... After Showgirls. <laughs> oh, no, it was such a fun episode. And instantly just giving um, us sort of a little taste of your background and, and the movies that you like, you wanted to be a stuntman at one per point, right, in your, in your career? I, I did. <laughs> now, was, was there a particular, I don't know, film or person that inspired you to be a stunt person? Please say Jackie Chan. Please say Jackie Chan. Uh it probably was Jackie Chan, Good I will answer. tell you. Awesome. And and especially Hong Kong cinema with the wire foo and the the kung fu, all of that. Yeah. That those were main points of inspiration. Absolutely. Well, th this is a perfect episode for you to come on then, because we're gonna talk about all things Jackie Chan. Specifically, we're going to talk about a film. And Brad, I know you had to do a lot of research on this one to find some information. I'm not earning my paycheck tonight, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about 1988's Dragons Forever, starring Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung, and Yun Biao. But before we get to that, and I cannot wait to dissect this film, I thought it would be fun. And I know this is probably the hardest question we are going to ask all year. But, gentlemen, I thought it would be fun to talk about your top 
three Jackie Chan movies. I know three is hard to come by. At, at the end of the day, you want to pick like the top 20. But if we would be here all day if we went through like all of the best Jackie Chan films, so you got to pick the top three. Can I give you a quick story, real quick? Yes, please, of course. So my my son is getting into the Ninja Turtles. So yeah, yeah. So I I haven't gone to the movies just yet because I think the first one is a little dark for a four year old. So we went to Secret of the Ooze, Golden Harvest. Oh yeah, comes up. Golden Harvest. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Literally the night that we watched that, I put in Dragons Forever. Obviously Golden Harvest, but it was just funny that, you know, full circle. I thought that was, you know, very symbiotic. So when that Golden Harvest theme, the dun, 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 dun. Every time you hear it, that's like my favorite intro of all time. And you hear that in front of like Cannibal Run, uh, Ninja Turtles, all the all the great Hong Kong films. So, yeah, my, my blood really gets going as soon as you hear that logo. I know something is, is good is going to pop up on the screen. So, But I'm going to start with you, Jose. You're our guest, and I, I know I asked probably the most impossible question of all time, but which, we're talking top three Jackie Chan movies. What, what's going to be your number three? So, first of all, when you asked me this question, my response was like no with like 100 O's afterwards because i mean it's like what's your what's your favorite brand of oxygen do you, <laughs> do you like do you like air um <laughs> uh oh god number okay so number three um i'd have to say probably rumble in the bronx oh good choice um, directed by stanley tong yeah i think that and you know i don't know about you but when i watched it with my friends I was like, well, if you think this stuff is crazy, you should see all of this other stuff. But it's still a good exemplar because they kind of cranked it up for the U.S. audiences. So they were like, you know, you need to embrace this guy because he's a superstar and here's the reason why. So, I, yeah, number three is a rumble in the Bronx. Now, have you ever seen the uncut version? So the version that they ended up showing here in the U.S., it was trimmed down. Uh, a, a lot of the uncle storyline, the wedding stuff like that, was taken out. To, and and I think I have a laser disc, the Japanese laser disc, Red Bronx. Have you ever seen that cut of it? I did see that. Do you, do you like and that one you, over the or? That one is certainly more Hong Kong, right? Right. Um, but then obviously the the American cut focuses more on the action, more on you know the the core story. But if you're a Hong Kong fan. You know, it's like, wait a minute, what happened here? Something's something's missing. Where's our crazy subplots and and all of this and our tangents? So yeah. yeah. So and it's such a fun interpretation of a motorbike gang. I mean, it, it's basically a Hong Kong studio saying, well, what what would a gang be like in the U.S.? And they come up with that. And and another interesting <laughs> story. So that was supposed to end with a big fight scene, but because he broke his angle with that uh, jump, they had to kind of retool the ending, and that's where you get that big hovercraft sequence because that was something that he could do with with basically that broken foot. He tried to put it back in place, and he ended up breaking it. So they put a cast on it and had to come up with a new ending. So gr great pick, though. I love that film. So how many times has he broken his ankle? Because I feel like it's every other movie, right? Uh, it, it's, it's crazy if you go through the list of all the times he's injured himself through dislocation cuts. I mean, the, the worst of it was from Armor of God when he jumps for that tree, misses it, and pretty much has to have brain surgery. And, and that's why, skull, right? Yeah, cracked his skull. But that's why, I mean, today you can he can kind of push in on that part of it. But Armor of God starts with with one hairstyle. He cracks his skull. 
they, you know, stop shooting, he rests up, and then they come back to finish it, and that's why he has a different appearance because, you know, a couple months went by on that one. But I think we need to make a – I think we need to call a timeout here, Troy. Why? What? For new listeners who are just now coming to the podcast, you have to understand the level of intensity and fanaticism Troy has for Jackie Chan. It is – something that I have never seen in another individual um, for anyone else. Like you're the biggest fan of X I've ever seen. And I love it. And you know more about Jackie Chan than I know about most people in my life. So um, I can't help listeners. It's Troy is the guy he will. He probably knows. It's like people with beanie babies and Fabergé eggs. Like Troy's obsessed with it. Obsessed. Even down to the the cartoon. Oh yeah. Great um, cartoon. Love it. Jackie Chan yeah. Adventures. And and the PlayStation <laughs> yeah. game, the Nintendo, the Game Boy. I mean, all of that stuff. I, I love it. Have it all. I th- I think I freaked my wife out. She knew I was a big fan. But when I brought out the Jackie Chan scrapbook one year, because every, every year we have a we have a big, uh, and my kids love it. I mean, we 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 celebrate all day. We watch about twelve hours of Jackie Chan films, and we have friends over, and it's just a big marathon. And my kids have grown up with this, so they have seen every Jackie Chan movie, hands down. Um, and you can call social services now or later, but I think it's good parenting, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, Jackie yeah. Chan, if you're listening, Troy would love you to drop through his ceiling and demolish. <laughs> I, his I don't house. know. He's I've never met him. I, I'll say this: like uh, an, another guy I grew up with that I, I was so enamored with, and I got to meet him was Jim Kelly. I mean, Black Belt Jones, Street Hardway, and it, it was such an amazing experience. But I got to tell you, I don't know if I could handle meeting Jackie Chan. If you if you've seen like those twelve year old schoolgirls that go over crazy with the boy bands. I guarantee at, 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 at 48, I would act just like that if, if Jackie Chan was standing in front of me. But I'm sorry, Brett, your number three pick, favorite Jackie Chan film. Well, someone came onto the podcast as a guest and stole my number three. It is Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, the reason for me is this is my first introduction to Jackie Chan. Um, I believe this came out in 95, so I would have been 12. So this is right around the time um, where – I'm getting introduced to that and 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 then that kind of opens up the floodgates of like, oh, okay, this guy is huge over in Hong Kong. I have to see the other stuff. And we start hunting that stuff down. Uh so this that was it kind of is sentimental to me because it's like it's my first one. So, you know. You cannot go wrong. I f- I feel like Rumble in the Bronx, so he tried to break into the US earlier unsuccessfully. And I, I don't think they knew what to do. What with, film was that? Do you know? Or is it just, was it a Hong Kong film that they just tried to bring over? Well, so they they really tried to give him some notoriety with like the Cannonball Run movies. That didn't work out. And then they hire, um, I think it's James Glickenhaus to do The Protector. Now, Jackie and James didn't get along very well. Um, James is very much a, a Hollywood director. Jackie comes from the Hong Kongs, you know, so... James Glickhouse is making a dramatic action film. Now, this is the guy who directed The Exterminator. So that's the type of film they're going for. And, and Jackie, of course, it, at that time period, he is um, trying to break into Hollywood. They're trying to turn him into, you'll, you'll hear him talk about it. You know, they tried to make him Dirty Harry. And that's just not Jackie. Uh, and, it, and it got so bad to the point where even a lot of um, the choreography 
and film that's done in the American print, Jackie went back and used the same actors and reshot um, a big portion of the film. So if you buy The Protector Now on Blu-ray, and I think there's a U.S. cut that was um, combined with Crime Story, but I got to tell you, you, you got to go and get... Um, so it's a, it's a U.K. release, but um, 88 Films does an amazing job with their Jackie Chan films. They've got The Protector Special Edition. It's Region B. It, I mean, if anything, if you don't have an all-region Blu-ray player, go buy one just so you can get these films from from 88 Films. But The Protector has both cuts, the Jackie Chan cut as well as the original U.S. cut. I happen to like both. I think the fight sequences in both are in, entirely different um, and they're unique. But, you know, after that, he just kind of gave up on it. The reason why we have Police Story is because of The Protector and his frustration with filming. And he came back and said, I want to do it my way. And hence you get police story. But Rumble in the Bronx was sort of a reintroduction of him into the U.S. And it caught on. And, you know, that's why we have those series of films that came out afterwards. And Rumble in the Bronx. Plus and- his, partner in, his partner in The Protector was Danny Aiello. So, yes. you know, <laughs> you know, Danny Aiello and Jackie Chan, it just screams box office hit to me, doesn't yeah. it? And and it opens you know it opens the door for him to get rush hour shang and I know a lot of people. What's what's funny is for work because we celebrate at work too. Um, we had Jackie Chan trivia, and when you tell everybody like what what's Obsessed. your favorite Jackie Chan film, everybody will bring up like Rush Hour or Kung Fu Panda or The Karate Kid. So Rumble in the Bronx, you, you got to whoever go back says and- Karate Kid needs to be fired. Okay, they need to be fired. <laughs> It's not bad. It's actually it's not really Kung Fu. good. It's, it's not karate. I it's know. not karate. <laughs> but it's still inspiring and wonderful. I, yes, I dug I know. it. I really I know. did. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So time for my number three. And I got to tell you, this is the hardest thing. So number one and two are a no-brainer for me. Three is always tough because for me, number three could be just about a list of 10 films. And when you narrow it down, it really comes down to two. And I will usually pick between these two based on what I'm more interested in seeing. And it'll either come down to police story or crime story. So police story obviously influenced just about all action films in the eighties. So movies like Tango and cash, bad boys, uh, two, all of them, there's so many movies out there borrowed from police story. And it really brought martial arts into sort of a modern set and just revolutionized action cinema. However, Crime Story, I have a love for because it's Jackie Chan really going to the dramatic. It's, it's really Jackie's version of, you know, a Hong Kong cop on the edge. And Crime Story is one of the ones that we watch this. So every year we have the marathon, we're either watching Crime Story or Police Story. We usually don't watch both. And we watch Crime Story, and I forgot how much I love this film. So this time I'm going to go Crime Story, uh, directed by Kurt Wong, who also did movies like The Big Hit. Um, if you haven't seen Crime Story, if you have any question, a lot of people saw The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan, and it was a shock to him in that he could play something so dramatic because in The Foreigner, he plays somebody who loses a daughter. But if you really want to see Jackie's just fantastic dramatic acting, you have to go back and watch Crime Story. And there, there are so many great stunt sequences in there, and the last portion of it when they are basically blowing up a city block of flats is just it's jaw dropping. It really is. But yeah. my number three this year, I think I'm going to put it on Crime Story. Have you guys seen it that one? Is each year. <laughs> what? Have you seen that one? Crime Story. Crime Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. Good. All right, Jose. Number two. What are you going with? Armor of God. Ooh. Yeah. 
I, uh, I don't know. There was just something fun about it. You know, it was like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I'm sure was quite the inspiration for it in some ways. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I loved it. I love, I thought that it was different from some of the other stuff that we had seen from Jackie. And um, also stu- <laughs> weird degree of separation. There is a, there's a man in there who I think he's in two fight scenes, Nick Brandon. He's a stunt guy, mm-hmm. like a taller, like British guy with like red hair. Um, he's also in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. He's one of the sailors in the beginning. But when I became a stunt person at Adventure World, which is now Six Flags over Maryland, um, Nick is the person that they flew in to choreograph our pirate stunt show. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it was like super weird to be like, oh, my God, that's you. (laughs) Um, And it's it's even odder to watch the movie and be like, oh, my God, that was that was Nick telling me like bigger, bigger. I need to see you from the, you know, from the stands (laughs) or whatever. Um, But yeah, my my number two is Armor of God. That is a great choice. So when that got released over here, so it's Armor of God, then Armor of God to Operation Condor. Operation Condor got released over here. Then Armor of God, the first one got released in the U.S., so the, the release schedule is backwards. But great pick. Brad, yeah. number two for you. <clears throat> uh, my number two is Drunken Master 2, a.k.a. Mm. Legend of Drunken Master. And I will say the last 20 minutes of that movie is perfect because it is just a fight scene. And it is one of the most breathtaking things you'll ever see in your entire life. And when I saw that, I was like, this guy is unbelievable. Um yeah, I know. Sorry, Troy. I know that's your favorite, but it, it's just it's so good. It's so good. Even if you just watch that 20 minutes, you're you're fine. Like it's and I love the Junkins like style. I think it's so fun to watch and entertaining. Um, and he does it so well. So Drunken Master 2. Uh, it's a great pick. And depending on what you read, it's anywhere from four to six months, four to six months to basically choreograph and film that last 20 minutes. And, and I think also we need to highlight some of these movies. Jackie Chan also directs like yes. not only is he like doing almost everything, like he's directing these films too. So he pretty much does everything, you know, it, it's, and I don't know if people realize that part of it too. So. Yeah. Um, he's, I, I think he's still in the Guinness book of world records for most film credits on a movie, which was Chinese Zodiac where he was even doing, he got credit for catering. So, uh, it and and you're absolutely right, Brad. And it even goes down to I don't know how familiar you are with some of Jet Li's filmography, but one of Jet Li's most famous films, which is Once Upon a Time in China, Jackie Chan sings the theme song to that. So yes. he's he's been releasing albums for years. He's an amazing director, choreographer. Does he sing the song in in Dragons Forever? Uh, him and Anita Mui. So she's also in okay. Drunken Master too. So they they sing the song in Dragons Forever. Absolutely. Yep. His gotcha. voice will. Okay. He, yeah. He's he's an amazing talent all around. So I'm going to save some comments about that one, but it's not my number two. My number two is actually going to be what I consider. So so here's the thing. Um, Jackie is Harold Lloyd. Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Gene Kelly, and Fred Astaire all rolled into one person, in my opinion. Jackie is a classical 
physical comedian and acrobatic who happens to know martial arts. I know people equate him with Kung Fu films and martial artists, but when you see his filmography and you see what he's drawing from, especially from people like Buster Keaton um, and even Frank Capra for Miracles, right? That movie's amazing. You'll start to understand that, you know, growing up in Pinking Opera, he's a performer first and a martial artist second. I think that comes through. And I got to say, nobody has ever, since I'm going on a tangent here, but <laughs> nobody has ever come close to his output from 1978 to 1994. I mean, that 16 year run, nobody's changed action cinema, martial arts cinema the way that he has. I know people will say Bruce Lee, no. If, if you look at 1978 when you're starting with Snake and Eagle Shadow and go to 1994, Drunken Master 2, which I think is the height of his prowess and, and, and just talent, that 16 years and all of the films that he put out, I challenge you to come up with another person that has changed cinema the way that he did and what he did in terms of an actor, stunt choreographer, director, the whole nine yards. Um, and in that time period, one of my favorite films that it, if you want to go and see what Jackie Chan is really all about and also get a little film history and, and what he's pulling from in terms of silent comedians, you would go and look at Project A from 1983. So that is another um, Sammo Hung, Yun Biao um, collaboration that he did. Um, it is so much fun. It has some of the best stunt work. Um, if you see a lot of highlight reels of Jackie Chan doing stunts, you'll always see the um, hanging on the clock, letting go, going through. I mean, that stunt he did a couple of times, and it was so Dude, impressive. when he falls on his head, I, I don't know how he doesn't die. I don't know how he doesn't die. Like, his body like contorts to a way you're like, oh, that guy's dead. Like, he's dead. And I don't know how he walks away from that. I don't. I don't. He, he did that fall three times and, Ugh. you know, he was like, and this is what I appreciate about Jackie Chan is that he was like, I don't like how it looks. So he was like, let's reset it and do it again. And he did it like three times. And you're right. One of those takes, he lands on his head and yep. it's like, and I bet he was like, I didn't like it. Let's do it again. <laughs> well, Drunken Master yeah, 2 is the same way when, when he falls back on those hot coals he does a take and he doesn't like his expression. It's not realistic enough. So he's like, well, I'm gonna go do it again. I, I mean, that's dedication. Some people may call that crazy, but I'll say this. Jackie Chan puts it all out there for his audience. So he is 100% committed to his craft and you just don't, you will never see another Jackie Chan. I know I love Tom Cruise. I know he's trying to be Jackie Chan right now. And I appreciate that, but nobody's gonna come close to what Jackie Chan puts out. But Project A, it's a it's a love letter to the silent comedies of of the Keaton and Harold Lloyd, et cetera. It's got some of the best choreography in there. Um, and I mean, the stunt work, it's not things blowing up as much as it is like the clock tower scene or when they're on the bikes and going through those little oh alleyways God, and all yes. the stuff they do there. It's hilarious, but oh my gosh, it looks so painful. But Project Day is my and number it's two. Pirates. It's, it's Pirates, yes. It's, it's Jackie pirates, yeah. Chan v. Pirates. <laughs> yes. Was that the first of the dragons, uh, the, the three dragons movies? So officially, yeah. I mean, obviously, Yun Biao and like, okay. Jackie Chan worked together on stuff like Young Masters, and they've all worked together. But if you're talking about the three of them in front of the camera, uh, sort of a collaboration, that's the first official movie you're getting. 
but they all came from Peking Opera. I mean, Jackie Chan kind of has a job because of Sammo Hung, and we'll get into this when we talk about those three. Yeah, yeah, definitely, specifically, yeah. but Project A is is their is big one. Yeah, two. so it goes Project A, and then Wheels on Meals, and then Dragons Forever. Um, Rob gotcha. Rob B Hood was supposed to be their fourth collaboration, but it never uh, came to be. Sammo Hung dropped out. I think Yoon Biao has like a small role in it, um, but yeah, it's mm. it's those three films. Okay, I'm see. Here's the thing. I know I really didn't know what you guys would pick because I know you guys have seen more of his films. And what I like about Jackie Chan is um, everybody's top three. You'll find some similarities, but not all three are the same, which I kind of find fascinating. So I'm so curious what your number one is, Jose. It's Police Story, actually, because that was one of the first Jackie Chans that, that I had ever experienced. And, you know, just like Brad, I was like, I don't know how he's not dead <laughs> from a lot of this. Um, but it's just, it, it's a great story. It's, uh, you know, it's a thriller. It's got that amazing, you know, end scene in the mall. The I mean, shopping just, mall, yes, yeah. It's yep. brilliant. It's it's definitive Jackie Chan. Do you have a yeah. favorite sequence of that movie? Um, I mean, it, really, it's, it's, it's the mall, quite honestly. I mean, there's just so much going on in there. And uh, oh, that fall that he does through the through the thing, yeah, just crazy. That it's a great pick, man. It's such a good pick that it's also my number one as well. That's awesome. All right, yes. <laughs> and I will call out the car chase scene at the very beginning is a, a hell of a way to start a movie. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think Police Story for an action movie is perfect. So if you haven't seen it, I say I I think it's probably his most like approachable movie because i think it's the closest thing to like an american action movie that you can get with it because it literally kind of sets that groundwork for like die hard and you know all that other action it just kind of all feels the same you know so i think so maybe i'm wrong but i think it definitely kind of lays the the groundwork for the united states to kind of steal that so yeah so many people (laughs) borrowed from that film it, it's quite Our, amazing. You know, steel. Yeah, but hey, there's there's a fantastic oh Criterion edition of Police Story 1 and 2. 2 is fun because that's when Jackie Chan is experimenting with explosives. And you get um, – There's some, some good – yeah. some stuff blows up in that movie. And, and it's it's just – you. I don't know. Those, those films are infectious. And no matter how many times you watch it, you still are your, – your jaw is just dropping to the floor and you're like, oh, my God, how is nobody dead? It, it's crazy. And, and Police Story 3 and 4 are actually really good, too. Like, the whole series is really good. Yeah, my, my wife loves New Police Story. Like, every year she wants to watch that one. And I, I love that, too. I love the fight sequence between him and Andy Owen in the Lego store. So it's yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that it's such a wonderful series. So my number one, you've already picked it, Brad. It's Drunken Master 2. I The only thing I'm going to add, the other thing that I love about this film, and it's not just the last 20 minutes, the fight sequence under the train, you get um, the fight sequence where Nita Mui is throwing him the alcohol, and you kind of get to see the drunken style in the you know kind of fruition. We're drinking two at a time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get the other sequence um, where you can actually play it, and I think it's the Enter the Matrix video game where they're storming. It's the Axe Gang who's trying to take you know him out. 
And, okay. um, and, and it's kind of funny for that Enter the Matrix, they tried to recreate that. So it's, it's kind of a little neat little tease there. But the thing outside of all the amazing action in Jackie Chan and uh, Larka Long, who I think is the one who directs most of it, except for the back portion, is Anita Mui. She is such a delight to watch during that oh. entire film. And all of her interactions with Jackie are just comedy gold, in my opinion. And what's funny is that she plays his stepmother in that film. And then the guy who plays Jackie's father, all three of them are the same age. But yet Jackie is playing the son, which that's acting for you right there, because I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, Legend of the Drunken Master is what it was known over here. Um, it's one of the few cuts uh, that I don't mind compared to the original. I mean, really, the only big difference is they they drop off the last sequence where, you know, he's um, practicing being blind, like blind kung fu, and it's a really goofy end sequence. But there, nothing, in my opinion, the best movies ever made, these, these are my two favorite films. I can't pick which one is the best, so I, I got to tie it, right? It's Drunken Master 2 and Singing in the Rain. Those are my two favorite films of all time. And to me, they're almost the same nice. film when you look at cadence and the um, fluidity and the motion that goes on between those films. Singing in the Rain is just one of the best musicals of all time. And Drunken Master 2 is, is the best martial arts film of all time. And they you can watch those back to back, and I think it's a, it's a perfect complement to each other. <laughs> hey, Troy, have you seen um, The Heroic Trio? Oh, yeah. Yes. Maggie yeah. Chung, Anita Mui, and um, gosh, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, yes. Yep. How can I forget Michelle Yeoh? One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Love that movie. So, my God, I, I could sit here and talk all night about every Jackie Chan film and talk about how amazing it is and trivia drop on each one of them. But we're here specifically to talk about Dragons Forever. Now, I know what everybody's thinking. A Jackie Chan film on a podcast called Not a Bomb, it's impossible. And I agree with you. Uh, every Jackie Chan movie, by default, is not a bomb. So you know where my vote lands, right out of the gate. You could probably end the podcast right now. I don't know how many minutes we've been talking and go, well, it's not a bomb, clearly I should go watch it. And I would agree with you. But we're going to go through the motions anyways, because we got our, our good friend Jose here. And this one has an interesting history. And I know, Brad, you had to do a little bit of homework because typically you talk about box office and critics' reviews and everything else. So I'm curious, what, what did you find out on this one? Not a whole lot. I, I did learn that it, it did gross 33 million Hong Kong bucks, um, which converted to U.S. dollar is about 4.25 million. So um, and what I learned from you is that the budget was around a million American dollars. Is that right? Or I, I think so. I, the way okay. I understand it. So, um, it's really hard to get the budgets on these films. Um, and I was listening to commentary off of the 88 films release of dragons forever. And we'll talk about this in detail because I I'm have, sure we will. Yes, we I will. have, yes. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to sound like we're selling ShamWow on the Home Shopping Network when I talk about this thing. Um, but yeah, when you listen to the commentary, there's some really great commentary on there. You, um, They are talking about the budget approximately being $1 million with the return being about you know three and a half to $4 million. And that was kind of considered 
uh, a bomb, even though technically it made money, it didn't gross as much as they expected, given that Sammo Hung, Jackie Chan, and Yoon Biao were all in a movie together. Because you go back and look at what everybody was um, coming to the theater to see, those three were at the top of their careers at that time period in 88. And Wheels on Meals and Project A were just huge hits for Golden Harvest. So well, Armor of God was like the highest grossing Hong Kong film of all time when it came out. Yes. So, so yeah. They, two years earlier. And then now, you know, it does, you know, that was that uh, 15 million US is what um, Armor of God grossed. So hmm. I, I'm not going to do that math, but a lot, a lot in the Hong Kong bucks. So yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and again, when they were putting this film together, I'm sure Golden Harvest looked at this and said, we're printing money. That was the expectation on it. So for it to do what it did was a bit of a disappointment. Now also say Police Story 2, if I remember correctly, actually grossed about the same as well, which is a little hard to believe in 88. Hmm. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm getting some of this from the commentary and others um, because the the guys that are doing this, they've worked with um, Jackie Chan before. And I'm trying to look at the commentary. So it was audio commentary by Mike Leader and Arnie Venema. So those were the two. And I believe, you know, one of them, uh, I think it's Mike Leader was, and don't quote me on this. I have to go back and, and verify. But I think he's the one that has worked with Jackie in the past before. So, so did they okay. give a reason why it didn't grow so well? Yes. We'll get into it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the other part of my my job is telling you what came out because Dragons Forever comes out in Hong Kong um, in February of 1988. Uh, young Brad was five years old at the time, if anyone cares. Um, so here are the films in the United States that you could see at the time. And tell me how many of these you all saw in the theater. The Serpent in the Rainbow. Yes. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Wes Craven. Okay. She's having yeah. a baby. Um, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. School school days. I not, saw that. Not in theaters. And, and I bought the video and I used to sing it, not knowing what the hell I was singing <laughs> until I finally deep dove into what exactly they were singing about. But it's gotcha. still it's still one of my favorite movies, by the way. Pre-internet, okay. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love to see those young I videos know, of too, Jose. Man. I yep. would give so much money. Um Action Jackson. Yes, Carl Weathers. Yes, I love yes. Action Jackson. Sharon yes. Stone and Vanity, or is it Apollonia? No, it's Vanity, I, I and it's uh, Craig it's T. Nelson. Yep. Oh, gosh. Uh, Shoot to Kill? Yes, Sidney Poitier, yes. Tom Berry. Fantastic movie. Kirstie Alley. So uh, yes. Hairspray. <laughs> totally saw it. Wait, which one? Oh, yeah. Obviously yeah. Not, Divine. Yeah. And, yes, yeah, yes. Just, yeah. The good one, I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, uh, fr- frantic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford, Roman Polanski. So good. Uh, Young Guns. Which, oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody. All, yes. 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 Okay. We all saw that. And the big one. The big one. Ken- Blood Sport. Oh, Kumite. Yes. Frank Kumite. 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 Is, is anybody paying Kumite. attention to Don Wilson's uh, post lately? He's, he's taken it to. Um, so if you go back on Facebook and look at Don the Dragon Wilson, he is really letting Frank Dukes have it, just calling all his BS out. It's kind of it, that exchange, and Frank Dukes is responding, and it's and it's quite funny. You should follow that. 
And didn't, lastly, didn't he put a movie out? I feel like Don the Dragon Wilson put out a movie recently, right? It wasn't so good. He's put out a ton of movies. I mean, he was the king of like the kickboxing straight to video stuff. And but there was something more recent. Anyway, God. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, not reviewed by the critics, but sits at a seventy nine percent with the audience, um, with over five thousand uh, reviews. So eighty nice. percent. Troy, I know that burns a little bit, but eighty percent, seventy nine to be exact. Stupid we'll round, internet. We'll round up. Yeah. Silly people. It's too. And that's all I. That's all I got this week. When we do foreign films, my job is pretty easy. So, um, do you want to talk about why it was not a big hit? Yeah, uh, because the three guys who are kind of star in this film all go against character, and the audiences did not really appreciate seeing Jackie Chan as a womanizer, uh, Samo as being sort of, uh, I don't know, not. Uh, not himself, and um, what they say about uh, Troy, help me out. What they say about um, Yoon Biao, Yoon Biao, Yoon Biao, that he was nuts. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That he was a little crazy, and just yeah, he's he's usually crazy. playing like the underdog character, and in this one, he's he's off his rocker. And yeah, uh, yeah fans were not he used to sides. Yeah, yeah, fans were not used to any of these characters that would you introduce Samo Hung with an assault rifle? It's a little bit weird. Yeah. And, yeah. And what's funny is uh, now they, they talk about Hong Kong cinema. So uh, Bay Logan did a fantastic commentary on um, I think it's the Hong Kong legends DVD. And and he goes into detail about this. And, and again, you're absolutely right that it really underperformed is how they talk about it from a domestic and they specifically call out the Japanese markets. So Hong Kong cinema and Japanese markets were not fans of these characters and how they were portrayed in these roles. And the way it goes is once you as a star have gotten into this rhythm of playing the same type of character. So for Jackie Chan, it's sort of the uh, guy next door who's doing good, et cetera. This, this whole lawyer womanizing piece of it, they didn't go for that. And, um, you know, as a result, people were just upset and didn't go see this film. It, it actually just, like I said, it underperformed. And what's amazing is so many people talk about police story and go through his filmography project day wheels on meals gets a lot of love. Surprisingly dragons forever just hasn't I know people say it's gone through a reevaluation and more people are finding it, um, but I don't. I don't think that's the case. I don't think a lot of people talk about this film enough, in my opinion. Again, Project A, Wheels on Mills gets a lot of love, but not this one. Well, it's uh, it's weird. When I saw it, yeah, I I just could not get into Jackie being the womanizer. Um, let let alone the fact that he is initially on the other side of the coin and trying to schmooze this witness for the benefit of his client, which is how, you know, Samo ends up, you know, being a shifty philanderer trying to like trick the woman into selling the actual factory. So there's no legal action. Right. Um, and it, it, you know, it occurred to me, I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe that's how the legal system works in Hong Kong. Nobody <laughs> cares about ethics and we just do whatever we want. We, we take people out on cruises, you know, it, it was, it was strange, you know, but I will tell you this at the same time, I hadn't seen wheels on meals in quite some time. And when um, it's, it's playing on prime right now, actually, when I pulled it back up, 
it was kind of a slog to get through. Like it, it's a very long setup with the, you know, with the girl and then the reason why they're helping the girl. Um, but once it establishes itself, itself and starts moving along, that's when the, the fun happens. Um, but I think you're right about Jackie being this sort of like boy next door, kind of like bumbling buffoon who, you know, is just adroit at all this like physical stuff and the Kung Fu. And in some ways, you know, he got typecast into that sort of like, you know, Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise in his roles. Harrison Ford is always Harrison Ford in his roles. Um, And I think when we look at even some of our American stars and they go against type, they get this backlash, right? Oh, absolutely. And, um, so the only thing I the only thing I can think of is um, Harrison Ford in What Lies Beneath. Did you ever see that? The, the oh, yeah. Robert Zemeckis mm-hmm. ghost story. Michelle Pfeiffer. Ford plays so much against type that they actually cast him, not to spoil it, but they cast him because he had that cachet that the audience would like buy in. And then when there's the twist, it's a shock. But, you know, I guess it just didn't work for for Jackie Chan here, you know? Well, yeah, and keep in mind, his fan base was so avid. I mean, a movie like this comes out, and, you know, there's stories. Women committed suicide when they discovered that Jackie, you know, had romances. Uh, One girl went into the Golden Harvest um, Studios, the offices, and tried to poison herself. Uh, And I think that happened around the time of this film. So his fan base, especially in the Japanese market, is just crazy. And so when you play against that type... And you, and you. And me. I, I, I was going to say, was that you? Did you? Yeah. That wasn't you, was it? <laughs> no, I mean, well, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, but it, but the couple, 90s were a weird time, okay? It was Jose? a weird time, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, he's 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 got a huge worldwide fan base, and this movie didn't do well. You know, another film that really didn't do well was Heart of the Dragon with Samuel Hung and Jackie Chan. And again... Both of them were trying to stretch their acting chops. It's sort of a martial arts version of Rain Man, more or less, or Dominic and Eugene. And uh, that that didn't do well at all because people were not used to seeing them play those type of roles. But Dragons Forever, specifically for those three, when you go back and look at Project A or Wheels on Meals, you have what looks like three brothers out there having a good time. And they're they're just the every guy. I mean, they're 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 charming. They're just out there to survive. They're having a good time. They're beating up the bad guys. And this movie is not that. Those characters are not that at all. So I, I totally get it. A couple more things before we talk about the people behind the camera, in front of the camera. Just a few more facts about this one. Um, we already talked about the Cantonese theme song. is sung by Jackie Chan and Anita Mui. And most people would know Anita Mui from uh, Heroic Trio, as well as uh, Drunken Master 2, plays Jackie Chan's stepmom. Um, the rumor about this was that, you know, this, this is the last movie that those three starred in together. And the rumor is that they were starting to have a bit of a falling out. I don't think that's true at all. And again, this is just my opinion. If you look at the outtakes for this film, those guys are having a blast. I mean, they, they can't get through some takes because they're laughing so much at each other. And then the other thing to keep in mind, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Sam Jack and Yoon, each one of them were out there trying to establish themselves as a huge star. I mean, Samuel Hung had his own stuntman association. Jackie Chan had his own. And Yoon was out there trying to be a rising star as well and doing a bunch of TV and films on his own. 
So I don't think it was that they just didn't get along. It's just that their careers were so big, they're each trying to manage them by themselves. Um, a couple other things. This was nominated for Best Action Direction, and the, nomin- and the nomination was going to Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan's Stuntman Association because both stunt groups worked on the film. It lost. Who do you think it lost to? Okay, it lost to Police Story 2, Jackie Chan's Stuntman Association, because okay. both those wow. movies came out that same year. And, you know, I, I talked about um, my two favorite films of all time, Singing the Rain, Drunken Master 2. I thought this was interesting, and this comes up especially when you look at interviews with Sammo or Jackie, and they talk about movies that influenced them. Do you know what Sammo and Jackie's favorite film of all time is? Singing in the Rain. It- it's no. a musical. It is a musical. Oh. Brad's close. That's Jackie. That's one of Jackie's favorites. West Side Story. That's a good one. It's actually The Sound of Music. Oh. <laughs> so well. Yeah. So this is this is my um, I guess this is my geekiness of uh, of Hong Kong cinema. Um, you know when when you hear Bay Logan and Rick Myers, he's another sort of historian who does a lot of these yes. martial arts commentary. I never, I never really knew what when he when they would say things like, Hong, uh, "Kung Fu movies and and martial arts movies are steeped in history." Like, and I'm always like, what "The hell does that mean?" But you know, it's it, when you look back at the history of Hong Kong cinema itself and how it grew, how it was essentially, you know. So we're talking about when it first started to come up when Japan invaded China. We had artists from Shanghai moving to Hong Kong in sort of like this mass emigre sort of thing. And in Hong Kong, there was always this Cantonese versus Mandarin um, and then sort of Hong Kong establishing its own identity. Um, And so for a time, actually, you know, Hong Kong cinema did a lot of Peking opera, a lot of musicals, a lot of comedies. Um, And some of these comedies have archetypes that go on to become the Jackie Chans, the sort of like, you know, mild-mannered people that are put in heroic situations and they sort of rise to the occasion because it's the right thing to do. And so there was a lot of a lot of Hong Kong's identity woven into these movies. And eventually what ended up happening was that, and I, I was shocked to learn this, but um, there was always like a, there was like right-wing media. So those that, that, were more China-based and wanted Mandarin-speaking pictures. And then there was the left-wing studios, which were more liberal. Their movies were more about independence fighting against, like, tyranny, the monarchy, the feudal dynasty. Um, And it's weird to find out that the Shaw Studios, so Run Run Shaw, the Shaw Brothers, they actually were, quote-unquote, right-wing. They were the right-wing studio. And then the MPGI, which is the Motion Picture and General Investments Company, um, which eventually became the Cathay Foundation, which then Raymond Chow, who is the production chief for the Shaw Brothers, he actually leaves our company, buys the entire facility and equipment and studios from MPGI, and it becomes Golden Harvest. Yep. And it basically signaled the end of the studio life in, um, in Hong Kong. And the reason why you see Golden Harvest on everything is because it, it, Raymond, uh, Ma- Raymond Chow wanted, 
basically a conglomerate of artists. And he allowed them to create their own movies, get their own directors. Um, you know, so Bruce Lee worked with Raymond Chow and did his movies. And then as the history of it's coming up that, you know, Jackie Chan was widely regarded as the heir, the quote unquote heir to Bruce Lee's throne. Um, and then after that, you know, you get Jet Li, Choi Hark, all of that stuff. But um, throughout the history, you get musicals and comedies and historic dramas. Those were their big things. And then the rise of the wuxia movies, wuxia pian, which is your uh, swordsman flick, flicks, like Flying Swordsman, all the King Hu movies. But then there was this birth of the, the martial arts. And that kind of coincided with Hong Kong having its own identity and more importantly, selling its pictures to the entire Southeast Asia market. So Taiwan, uh, Malaysia, which is where like Michelle Yeoh and some of the yes. bigger stars are from. Um, and a lot of that was also inspired by uh, uh, Japanese samurai movies as well. Um, but it's funny when you look at when you look at Drunken Master, you can totally see the Peking opera base to that because in the Peking opera, which is how Jackie and um, Yoon Byu and, and Sam Hung, they all went to the Chinese Academy, or Chinese CDA, Chinese Drama Academy. They all went there for Peking Opera. In the Peking Opera, they would do combat, but it was sort of like these almost like pre-programmed like moves that they were doing. And you see that in these earlier films. But then eventually they went into what they wanted to, to be more realistic and have that same kind of frenetic movement, but make it feel real and organic versus rehearsed. Um, and so that's how you get all this martial arts stuff. Um, but it's it's funny because some of the some of the prototypes that you see in those uh, that come from the Peking opera and the romance and the comedies, they're there. So uh, in Dragon Dragons Forever, the sort of like they call it the little man complex. Mm -hmm. The one criminal is like the snively sort of like, and then he gets the other people to come in and fight for him while he's sort of like slinking down the, you know, the stairwell watching, you know, Jackie Chan fight uh, Benny the Jet. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, or you even see uh, Sam Hung acting like the sort of like bumbling fool who's trying to set somebody up and then kind of maybe falls in love with her and then starts to rethink about it. Um, so, I mean, to the casual observer, it's like, oh, it's just part of a plot, but it's, you know, it really is steeped in history of, of all the stories that the Hong Kong cinema has told. Yeah. So, and, and I think it's important to call out too. I mean, we're talking about Hong Kong films in 1988, entirely different setup. Uh, industry than what it is today with the Chinese film industry. So we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum when we were talking about the Ip Man films. And, and Mulan. Oh yeah, Mulan's another yep. big one. And we talk about sort of the Chinese censorship that kind of occurs today. In 88 with Hong and Kong. And the approvals that you have to go yes, through. the approvals, that et cetera. Mm. So that type of bureaucracy was not at play here. So to your point, Jose, I mean, the studio were, was really giving the artist license to create their vision um, because, you know, we had a British colony that was sort of in charge at that time. And so they they weren't steeped in the, the bureaucracy of the film industry that it, you know, the way it exists today. So it really is a golden age of cinema, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's not coming back. It, it just isn't, um, obviously, because of sociopolitical <laughs> reasons. 
but this is lightning in a bottle um, in terms of, of film history. So is it is it true that the Shaw brothers essentially passed on Jackie Chan? Like they had a chance to have him. I mean, because essentially they were running what we would call like a sweatshop sort of operation when it comes to like all their actors kind of lived on a campus and essentially just like, you know, weren't free to do anything, um, but had a chance to have Jackie Chan and and did not acquire him, I guess, in a way. Is that true? I, that's always what that, I kind of heard. I think that might have had to do with a lot of the uh, action choreographers and um, directors that maybe were that were being wooed by the Shaw brothers who chose not to go with the Shaw brothers. And then I think they discovered Jackie um, and sort of put him into the movies because, you know, we think of Jackie as a leading man, but he actually had a, a, like a ton of other movies where he had smaller roles in them and they were actually comedies and dramas in some ways. Um, but obviously his forte was the, the physicality of it all. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is about 1978 and I think specifically snake and Eagle's, shadow when he starts kind of experimenting and being able to do action choreography himself. So he had movies and roles leading up to that. I mean, he's been in, you know, everybody knows his stories about Bruce Lee Enter the dragon, the Bruce Lee films when he's a stunt man. And, yeah. you know, Samuel hung is the big brother. Jackie Chan um, is in the middle. Young Biao is the youngest. And those three, I mean, there's, there's actually a set of them. I think it was seven that came out of the Chinese uh, Academy, the Peking opera. And, and if you want to see a really good film about that, uh, Sam Hung directed a film called, and, and he has a part in it too, but Painted Faces. It's mm. a fantastic film about the Peking Opera lifestyle. Yeah. But all of them, you know, Peking Opera was putting folks into Shaw Brothers, um, the film studios. They were stuntmen being thrown around, and, and you kind of gr work this grind and at some point, if you got into like action, choreography, directing, that was fantastic. It was really hard to get a leading role or part. And at some point, Jackie starts, you know, understands that if you're chasing the clones of Bruce Lee, like everybody else was, you're not going to get anywhere. And it was his ability to kind of break that mold and say, I'm going to in interject this comedy element to it or sort of this everyman element. And it just took off from there. So he, it's, it really is an interesting story of you stay true to yourself or where your success is and play to your strengths. You're going to go far in life. And Jackie is, is proof positive of that, right? So let's talk about these guys. And I want to start behind the camera. Directors. Now, you'll see two directors pop up. But when we talk about the action sequences, Jackie Chan is also a director too. And keep in mind, action choreographer and director – Today, um, and I'll try to do my best to explain this. When when you talk about action choreography, and it's and, and Jose, you could probably do a better job at this. When we talk about action choreography in an American film. You still have the director directing the scenes and sort of calling the shots about camera placement, where it's going, and the action director is sort of responsible for the movement. That's that's about the basis of it. When you talk about action choreographer in a Hong Kong film specifically during this time period, that's when the director steps back and the action director is taking charge of the camera, the placement, the cinematography, plus the movement and everything else. They're calling the shots. And so a lot of times your director and action choreographer might be the same person or they might use different stunt teams. But to be an action choreographer in a Hong Kong film in the 80s is extremely different than being an action choreographer 
in an American film, even in today's light. That's about right. Did I get it right, Jose? I know you're kind of the our, yeah. our go-to expert on that. Well, yeah, yeah, I, you did. So obviously through through Hollywood, through Hollywood, there is there's the director and then there's the director of photography, but there's also second unit and they are responsible for filming the action scenes and coordinating with the director and the DP for that. Now there's also a stunt coordinator um, and they sort of plan out all of the action. And in the past, what you would see is there'd be a stunt coordinator and maybe there would also be a fight choreographer. Mm -hmm. Um, But Chad Stelsky's, Chad Stelsky and David Leach's company, 8711 Action Design, sort of changed all of that. Um, And they sort of began to take on the Asian aesthetic in terms of planning movies. Yes, good So what what they would end up doing is is the 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 movie. So take for example the Avengers, they would hire 8711 to design the action sequences and they would take it, they would do everything. They would pre-vis the fight. They would plan the angles, plan the shots, all of that, and then they would go on the movie and then do that. So it the modern way now in Hollywood is kind of like what Jackie, the Jackie Chan stunt team was doing with these movies back in Hong Kong. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. It went from, you know, something very specialized. You know, it went from something very general to very specialized, where it's just like you just bring in the team and then you do all that and then you keep moving. Yeah and, yeah, and and that's why some of those sequences are. I, I mean, I have a lot of fun with take for example those Marvel films because they they feel they have Hong Kong elements within their action choreography and design because they're trying to set them up that way. You can totally tell that. But the the yeah. directors on Dragons Forever, the ones you'll see credited for this, is obviously CMO Hung. And again, go back to uh, any of our Ip Man episodes, and we just throw on the love for CMO Hung. He's he's one of my favorites. Um, our good friend, um, Sammy from the gentleman's guide to midnight Sam, we have this debate all the time. Who's a better choreographer, Sammo Hung or Yin Wu Ping. I'm picking Sammo Hung every day, but it's a close, close race. <laughs> close. Um, the other one, I'm a big Yin Wu Ping fan. Sorry, I, <laughs> but yeah, you're I, right. It is close because they're Sammo. I mean, people underestimate him because of his size, but there's such a quickness about him and then even a, a grace and a creative movement um, aspect to his to his action work. And it's weird, like J- Jackie is the same way too, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's maybe a little more finesse with Samo in terms of a, a performance or creative aspect. And then with Jackie, it's really all, it's just the, the pure physicality, like the bruteness. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my take. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, it, you, we could sit here and debate all night and, and nobody's wrong. They're all fantastic. My preference is always going to be Samo, but the other director is Corey Yoon. Now he went to the China drama Academy with Jackie Samo and Yun Biao. So they all, you know, were, were in the same no place, same time. They've all worked on so many movies together, but you'll know Corey Yoon from a couple of films. Um, or anytime I hear his name, I think of these films. Yes, Madam from 1985 with, uh, uh, my God, that movie's amazing. Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia Rothrock, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. So you want to talk about like the last 20 minutes of a fight scene or in a film, that one is hands down amazing. You also get, now the reason why we have Jean-Claude Van Damme 
um, JCVD is because in 1986 is No Retreat, No Surrender, which Corey Yoon directed that as well. So that was um, Jean-Claude's kind of, uh, I, I guess, first movie role. You also get um, the reason why uh, Jason Statham is uh, such a big action star is 2002's The Transporter. He directed that as well. And then one of my personal favorites, um, we've got to review this sometime, Brad, but it's none other than 2006's DOA, Dead or Alive, based on the video game DOA. He directed that as well. Nice. Good. Isn't isn't Corey Yoon the... Jet Li guy as well. Didn't he do all of like Romeo Must Die and Kiss the Dragon and I believe he did Cradle so, to the Grave, yeah. DMX, RIP. He's he's done a lot of those from an action choreography I, standpoint, but these these are the yeah, ones I think that he was he directed. the action choreographer. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, these are the I ones that he the, directed. I feel like those were directed by Andrzej Batkowiak. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I love him. I think he's a great director. But yeah, I, I only yeah. pick these because Corey, Corey Yoon is another one where he's done stunt work. He does a lot of action choreography. Um, I think he did the action choreography for Shannon Lee's uh, film. Was it Enter the Eagle? Um, or maybe he directed mm. that one. I have to go back and look at that one but you'll you'll see him in a lot of um i, I don't know just what you might call action lists Corey Yoon's always there but he's directed films he's done action choreography um he's been done a I lot of stunt work he's he's got a really impressive resume across the board i think he was the action director for um singer's x-men too wasn't yeah, he i think so i think you're yeah, right. yeah he's, he he's got a he's worked in hollywood for many many years but he has a terrific output at the same time. And again, he's coming from the same place. He's trying to that, wash that Brian Singer off of him now. <laughs> yeah. um, Dragons Forever yeah. is is written now. You've got original story by Gordon Chan, um, Yu Ming Lung, and then screenplay by Chuk Hon Tsao. We will we'll kind of stop with the behind the camera because we're going to spend some time in front of the camera. We've got the three brothers, Samo, Jackie Yoon. Now, when I tell you that they are at their prime in 88. Just listen to this. Okay, so Jackie Chan in 1985, so he plays Jackie Long in Dragons Forever. Um, and you know what? Let's just forget their character names. We're just going to call him Jackie Sam Yoon. Um, right. But Jackie at this time, he does Police Story in 1985, Armor of God in 1986. We already talked about how big that one was, right? Bangers. All bangers. Just Yeah. Mm. Project A Part 2 in 1987, which is Fantastic. One of the best sequels out there. Dragons Forever in 1988. Same year does Drag or Police Story 2 in 1988. That one. So he had two movies in the same year. Go back for, you know, best action choreography. His film wins it. And then follows that up the next year with Miracles, the Canton Godfather, which is another fantastic film. So he is cranking out some action masterpieces. And you're like, wait a second. What is Samo Hung, Hung doing? Okay. 1986, Millionaire's Express with Yun Biao, Cynthia Rothrock, Richard Norton. I mean, everybody is in that. It's a fantastic film. It's so much fun. Yeah. Then comes around and does Eastern Condors with Yun Biao in 1987, which is an amazing martial arts war film. Does Mr. Vampire 3 that same year in 1987. Dragons Forever. Now, he does Dragons Forever and Painted Faces in 1988. So Painted Faces is a dramatic film. And it's about his time growing up, Peking Opera. It's a fantastic movie. And then follows that up the next year with Pedicab Driver, which is hands down just fantastic Samuel Hung film, one of his best. 
I haven't seen it, but I hear yeah, it's I haven't amazing. Seen Petty Cab Driver. Oh, you, I haven't got to watch it. that one. And then Yun Biao over here is Millionaire's Express in 86, Mr. Vampire 2 in 1986. This one, oh my gosh, talk about insane, intense, so much fun, a little depressing. Um, Writing Wrongs in 1986. You guys have seen that one, Cynthia Rothrock? Yun Biao. Oh, I didn't get to see that. You've, you've got homework, okay? Um, then does Eastern Condors in 1987, Picture of a Nymph in 1987, Dragons Forever in 88, On the Run in 88, Peacock King in 1988, Dreadnought in 1988, which is a fantastic martial arts film. Peacock King Dreadnought is fun is too. It's, it's a supernatural, I don't know if you've seen that, it's sort of a supernatural um, martial arts film, Peacock King. It's mm. sequel, sequel okay. is I think Saga of the Phoenix. And then he has a bit part in Miracles, um, the 1989 Jackie Chan film. You look at what these guys were doing, 86 to 89, Dragons Forever is kind of right in the middle. I mean, just masterpiece after masterpiece, in my opinion. I mean, revolutionizing martial arts and action cinema right there. Some of the best stuff you're going to find. Yeah, but I think the biggest question, and the biggest question to me has always been, what happened to Yoon Byu? Because I got to tell you, it, watching Yoon Byu perform, I mean, it's like it's like somebody out of the Matrix without the wires. He's actually <laughs> doing all of those things without the wires. He's defying gravity. He's graceful at it. He's amazing. And I just, I just feel like Yoon Byu has never gotten to the level of Sammo Hung or Jet Li not even in terms of just, you know, uh, movie output or even having a stunt. I don't even know if he has a stunt team, but like nobody knows you view's name, no one, you know? And he's, he's absolutely one of my favorites because, you know, just the things that he can do, like, uh, like in Dragons Forever, um, that end sequence where he's fighting them on the, um, the, the walkways above and just the things he's, he's throwing side summies, he's, flipping backwards he's vaulting over the railing and then through the railing so, and it's like what um that's always been the biggest question to me is is why he was never a bigger star and admittedly for me like out of the three i know his work like way less than the other two and admittedly i i don't know as much as you all but <clears throat> i'm not probably more than the average person but to me he is like the not the odd one out, but to most people, they're not going to know Young Biao at all, unfortunately. So yeah. I, I'm going to break your heart later, Jose, about Yoon. All those Why? flips, what, what, all those flips what aren't aren't necessarily him either in the final sequence. Oh bollocks! <laughs> yeah, we'll get <laughs> to that. Shoot! We'll Didn't Young Biao play one of the fake Bruce Lees in Game of Death? wasn't Wasn't that like he one was, of his first thing? He was also one of, one of the least stunt doubles too. I okay. Think. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. So maybe I'm getting those what, the what, streams crossed on that. I want to I want to save Yoon when we talk about the performances real quick because when we get to thoughts on the film, I think the reason why they aren't um, they all had different career paths. Dragons Forever, I think, is the pinnacle of their acting, in my opinion. And Yoon, this this is as much his film as it is Samo and Jackie. He shines in this. But if you go back and watch a lot of his other films, I don't think he uh, 
has the acting chops as the other two, in my opinion. He has the martial arts and um, the acrobatics and everything else. And he's a lot of fun to watch. But if you watch, you know, he did a film uh, where I think he wrote, directed, and everything else, um, Kickboxer. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it, it's okay. It, it's a lot of fun. All his films are, are good. I really like him. But at the same time, I'm also going to say he's not Jackie and he's not Samo, in my opinion. Um, well, I, I, do, I do take your point on that. I mean, he... A lot of times, a lot of Yoon Bu's movies, um, he's at he's he's good with the other people supporting him when they're excellent as well. So, like if you look at Knockabout, I think that was one of the first movies um, Sam Hung actually directed him in. It was him and another actor. I'm drawing a blank on the other actor, but um, they sort of support each other. Whereas I think if Yoon Bu was just by himself, it was you know it it might not might not have gone as great. But um, I think I think I see that point, which is he doesn't have the presence of a Samo. He doesn't have a presence of a Jackie Chan. Maybe can't, you know, hold the screen all on his own. Yeah. And it might have been a kid from Tibet um, is the one that he directed and starred in, et cetera. But, yeah, he's he's fantastic in all the films that he's in. But I can honestly say he, he makes a great supporting character. Um, he's a great supporting actor. He's he's a fantastic martial artist, and he has some quality films where he's the lead in it. Consistently, he he just hasn't, uh, I would say, bring the performance or has been a standout in every film. I think the way that Samo and Jackie is 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 I guess what I'm saying. That's fair to yeah. say. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, we'll we'll talk about the stunt work and we'll talk about some of the misconceptions of Jackie and Yoon in some of the action sequences because, big surprise, it's it's not them in every sequence. So more on that. See, if, if you're listening and you go, ooh, do I want to keep going? You want to keep going because we're going to even drop some more kind of truth bombs here in a minute. I, I just want to round out some of these other people from the cast. Uh, we got uh, Yoon Hua, who is our – how did you describe it, Jose? He's the skinny little, I mean, weasel. The, the little background. man syndrome, the, the weasel. Little, yep. So he's yeah. our villain. We get uh, Pauline Young as Nancy Lee, um, Deanny – Deanny Ip as Miss Yip, and um, the two I want to talk about real quick. Benny Urquidez, or Benny the Jet Urquidez, is the henchman. Now, I don't know if you know about this guy. Catman, right? Catman. Catman, yes. Catman? Um, he looks like a cat. Sorry. With yeah, the guy with liner? The guy liner. Yeah. In this movie, he had like the. <laughs> Almost no eyebrows, but heavy on the eyeliner. Uh, yeah. So, some things about Benny. This is freaking incredible. So, Benny Urquidez is. is class in all of, I don't even know how to say this. This guy is just in a class all by himself. He achieved a record of over 200 wins and no losses with 63 title defenses and 57 KOs. He is the only fighter to have retained six world titles in five weight divisions for 24 consecutive years. Is this in karate? Sorry. Yeah. Kickboxing. Okay. Karate. So okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kickboxing specifically. Returning to karate, yeah. all of it. He did all of it, actually. All of it. Yes. <laughs> He's crazy. Returning to the ring in 1993 at age 42, he beat defending champ Yoshishia Tagami, who was 25 of Japan for the World Light Middleweight Champion. This guy Damn. is undefeated. It's a badass. <laughs> Amazing. He is a beast. 
He is a beast. The fun story, and I don't know if this is true, is just when you read articles about, you know, Benny J. Arquita, is when he was filming Wheels on Meals with Jackie, apparently as they're going toe-to-toe, um, Benny hit Jackie, and Jackie was like, you know, hey, take it easy, you know, don't go full <laughs> contact, and if you really want to spar, you know, we'll we'll do a charity match or something. And Benny's like, yeah, let's let's go in the ring. Let's do a charity match. And I and the story goes, and I don't know if this is true or not. It's just what I heard. Samo brings Jackie to the side and go, hey, I don't think you want to do that. And Jackie's like, I'll go in the ring with this guy. And Samo shows him some footage of Benny fighting. And Jackie's like, nah, I don't want to step in the ring anymore. So not happening. Yeah. Benny or kid is, is amazing. You might know him from, I, I just remember him from force five in 1981, which is this really cheesy early eighties action film. That's the first time I ever saw him, but he was on wheels on meals in 1984, had an amazing action sequence, um, with him versus Jackie Chan. And you might remember him from gross point blank in 1997. He plays one of the hitmen, Um, and he, is actually John Cusack's trainer. Yeah. <laughs> but but he's, he, he was training uh, John Cusack in kickboxing, I think, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about. So this movie is, uh, we could sit here and go through the entire list of henchmen and villains because there's sort of a who's who of Hong Kong action stars. But the other one I want oh, to point out. One, yes. Yep. One more thing about Benny the Jet Arquitas. He was the... Um, he was the onset physical trainer and martial arts trainer for um, Stephen D'Souza's Street Fighter. We have Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, I believe so, it. So he's responsible for that. Well, you know, hey, got them. He got them all in really great shape. And so, Roadhouse. You know, Benny, I, I think he did choreography for Roadhouse too. And trained Dude, Street Patrick Fighter Swayze. has one. Street Fighter has one of my favorite line readings of all time. Which one? Where Van Damme goes, now you're all. Under arrest, and you're like, "Why did you say it like that?" It was—it's really <laughs> weird. I love, I love you, Street Fighter. I love Street Fighter. You Fighter's are all under arrest. arrest. Yes, yeah. it's, it's his French, it, Belgian. Yeah. Sorry, it's his Belgian accent. Okay, I'm sorry. So um, you're talking Even about the Lieutenant Guy is supposed to be like an all American guy, but you know, whatever. Okay. So the other henchman, so the one I want to point out, um, and anytime I see this guy in a film, I get so excited, but it's none other than Dick Way. He plays the Dick Way. Love him. And I'm telling you folks right now, if you want to see the greatest performance by Dick Way, he plays fight champion in in Donnie Yen's second film from 1985, Mismatch Couples. Uh, Brad, I sent you a copy of this. Have you watched it Uh yet? Yes. We're going to talk about that film at some point. Okay. Don't Google Dick Way at work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. If you're listening, I've to this done work, it. I've done it a lot. W E I W E I W E I. That's right. Not W A Y. It's going to take it down. Wonderful. No. Okay. Yeah. So one one no. other piece of information about this uh, this film is filmed without sound. So that was typical of these type of films um, in Hong Kong. So they would they would film it. And they would go back into the studio and then do all the um, dubbing afterwards. So they'd go in and, you know, for every country, they're adding in the track. And a lot of times, if the plot or something didn't really make sense and it's going to the U.S., then obviously they would change the script in order for it to kind of fit whatever audience is going to. So if whatever, whatever. Are you trying to tell me those swords don't make that whooshing sound when they swing them at people? Unfortunately, Are you trying to tell no. me that's fake? Yeah, that, that might be fake. 
Hmm. Or even yeah. when they when the people fly through the air, it sounds like a million flags going <laughs> like I love that sound. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway. It, but what's what's weird if you pay close attention, you know, with the advent of Blu-ray, et cetera, um, even though I, I really don't speak uh, Cantonese, Mandarin, but it it is obvious if you watch close the what they're saying versus the lips, it, it doesn't match all the time. And again, um, if if you're watching on a big enough screen and you catch that, the reason being is that it's not filmed with sound and they're adding the dialogue afterwards. And again, another sort of background story for this film is they had a swear jar uh, between Jackie, <laughs> Samo, and Yoon. And, and so there's a lot of cussing going on, but obviously that's not, you know, that that's what's happening as they're filming it, but uh, that's not what they're, you know, that's awesome into the film. So I would swear a lot too, especially if I was one of the stuntmen. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> well, listen, we've, we've dropped so many, I mean, we've given you like the history of Hong Kong cinema. Thanks to Jose, which every time you, I learned so much when you come on here, we have dropped so much Jackie Chan trivia. Um, I am dying to know what you guys how think it, of this how film. it ties into showgirls is that what you're trying to know how is it <laughs> yeah. how does it tell yeah, me i'm tell me. sure it does um <laughs> but I, this is not a first time watch for me um brad was it a first time watch for you yes it was really okay oh gosh yep. i'm so excited jose how about how, have you seen this before so i saw it a long time ago so this is uh, it's a it's a, a rewatch after like a decade okay probably well i'm I would usually start with you, Jose, but I have been dying to know Brad's thoughts on this. So I want to start there. Brad, I really want to know what your initial reaction is to Dragons Forever. Okay. Uh, first, just kind of a, a something to get out of the way. Um, Paramount Plus, you know, there's like a billion different streaming services now. They have a lot of Jackie Chan movies on Paramount Plus, and that's actually – my bootleg DVD that I had from 15 years ago didn't look great. Um, but I already have Paramount plus and their transfer is really good. So it looks really good. It's uh, subtitled, which is nice. Um, you know, my standard for an action Hong Kong film is not very high. I need three to five like memorable action scenes I need the knives to make the whooshing sound in the air. Um, I need um, a showdown with a big boss at the end. And I need, I don't know, like an okay story. Um, This one hit pretty much all of those. Um, I find it kind of funny that this movie is kind of about like being a lawyer and like a fishery, but I don't know if you ever see a fish in this movie. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you have Jackie Chan and he is going against what you would expect him to be. And it's a little jarring at first. You know, he's asking women what they're doing and they're like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. He was like, what are you doing after that? Like going to lunch. And then it's like, OK, well, I'm going with you. And it's like he keeps he's like really persistent. And, you know, what was that VH1 guy's name that the the uh, pickup artist it was like mystery or something like he had a weird name, but anyway, it was kind of like he was taking some, some uh, pointers out of that guy's like handbook. Like wait, I was just waiting for him to start nagging girls to see how that worked. But <laughs> you know, it look, you come for the action and the action's really good in this movie, especially, you know, when it turns out that 
they're making cocaine out of nowhere. I don't know, but you know, it's uh, it goes places, and you, you know, it's it's always drugs. It's always drugs. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it's ninety minutes, and you know, you're never like wanting like an action scene to hurry up and get there because you're bored. So like, you know, that, that, that really helps. Like stuff that kind of gets you from one action set beats to the next is, is important in these movies. And, you know, I really, I really liked it for my first time. I don't know if it's like my favorite Jackie Chan movie. And I had a conversation with my wife before I turned it on. I was like, this Choi picked this movie and it's Jackie Chan's birthday week. I was like, what if I don't like this movie? And she's like, well, you can't like, <laughs> you can't. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I can't really. And luckily, you know, I did really like it, but you know, it, it, again, is it in my like top 10 Jackie Chan movies? Probably not, but you know, it's really enjoyable and, and fun. So yeah, there you go, Troy. Well, good. I didn't hate it. Cause I was, I, I honestly was going to have a panic attack if I did. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can face Troy. I couldn't hate it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, Jose, you you came back to revisit this thing. You hadn't seen it in a good long time. What what did you think about it? Uh, well, I I concur with Brad's sentiments that uh, some of it is very jarring. Um, seeing Jackie acting that way and and being the sort of womanizer, and then uh, even seeing Samo trying to like you know pull up on the older lady and and whatnot, and um, trying to trick her. That was a little jarring. But now that I think about it. I think that those that dynamic was set up to give us those three stooges on acid, like martial arts shenanigans that happen in the apartment where they're beating each other up and they do the whole like punching each other and then they're all down on the ground or whatever. So in a way, I guess maybe the plot services some of those action sequences, like there's a reason for it as opposed to just here's an action thing. You know, it's sort of maybe the plot is driving some of that. Um, I really did enjoy the sort of slapstick bits uh, with a lot of the Hong Kong movies. The pacing can be off and the slapstick bits can just kind of be like, okay, you know, I get it. Human cartoons, like what are we doing, you know? But it seemed to work here. And um, that was always a, I think that was like the real kicker was the fact that they weren't doing it just for money. It was in fact drugs. Um, so for me, that, that was sort of a surprise to realize, oh, wait a minute, they're not, they're not pumping in, you know, chemicals or, or gross stuff into the harbor. They're making heroin, right? And then, you know, Benny like licks it and it's like, oh, that's why he's so powerful. He's hot. <laughs> um, but the action sequences are pretty amazing. The, the, the attack scene on the boat, ah, uh, just, wow, just amazing. And he's like flipping upside down on the on the the little ladders and stuff like that that's that's classic jackie and then you know the one guy two, realizes he's not gonna win so he just jumps off the boat i love that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then you know jackie and benny round two because they fought each other um in wheels on meals at the end and then they get to do it again you know it's weird a lot of people like that fight they think that that's a great, it is a great fight, but I actually prefer this one. I think Benny's actually thicker and bigger here and certainly more menacing. Um, yeah. And then, so discovering that Jackie Samo 
and Yoon Bu don't do every single one of their stunts is when I discovered that it was sort of like, you know, Jose, Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of, it, in a way, it crushed me because you see, you got, the, you got to Oz and you looked behind the curtain and you were like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm happy with the wizard, you know? Um, and that kind of crushed me because you see, you see him throwing himself into all of that and all the other actors doing it. And then when you, when you realize, you know, they used maybe a stuntman for that or something for that. And it had to have happened, right? Because he injures himself. They can't continue the scene. So you got to bring in a stunt double or something. And especially with, you know, the older Jackie Chan movies, it's like, that's not him. It's clearly some young dude in a, you know, in a hairpiece or whatever. But I didn't catch any of that here. I'm sure Troy's going to tell me there was a lot of it here, but it really looked like they were doing all of it. And uh, I like that. I also like the aspect of the fact that the girl turned out not to be too much of a shrinking violet. Um, she ends up, you know, using the microphone as like as a, a nunchuck and sort of beating up the guy. So but that I think that's also set up in a lot of his other movies, too, is the women actually fight back and they're not too scared unless they have to be to advance the plot. Right. Um, but yeah, but it was I, I loved it. it it's amazing. I, yeah, I, I agree with all your guys' comments. It's very jarring when you're watching it and Jackie like slaps a girl in the first, I don't know, five, 10 yeah, minutes. First five minutes is a great way like, to introduce your, what your is going on. But I'll say I, what I really like about the film and you don't see this a lot of times in Jackie Chan films. I think this is unique where the characters start versus where they end. There's actually character growth and you don't get that in a lot of Jackie Chan films. So I do appreciate what they did with these characters and sort of the trajectory of their characters and where they end up by the end of the film. And they end up trying to, you know, discover things about themselves or change their lifestyle and become a bit more redeemable. Now, Yoon's character is fascinating in that he's the one that doesn't necessarily change. He's just the quirky odd man out. But I got to tell you, I've watched this... Um, this year alone, I've probably watched it three or four times since the <laughs> Blu-ray has come out. I, I love this film. Uh, it would probably be in my top 10 of Jackie Chan films uh, because it has so much. Um, classic Samo, classic Jackie, classic Yoon. Um, I think it's one of the best Hong Kong films of the 80s in terms of not just action, but quality product. I can watch it over and over again. Obviously, I have this year. Um, I think the comedy and performance from everybody matches the quality of the action scenes, especially the humor. And I'm constantly smiling when I'm watching this film. It's one of the few movies. I mean, all Jackie Chan movies, I think, to a certain extent, make me smile, except, you know, Crime Story, The Foreigner, when, when it is for dramatic effect, Shinjuku Incident, stuff like that. But when, when you get these 80s classic Jackie Chan films, especially Dragons Forever, you see the camaraderie of those three on scene together, their movement, their pacing, they read each other. They obviously grew up. And it's like watching three brothers interact, and it's so much fun. This is definitely the one that I don't think gets enough. Like I would... I would love Criterion. They've been doing all these amazing box sets with Bruce Lee and the Godzilla and stuff like that. I would love for them to go back and say, well, here is the 80s Jackie Chan movies or Samuel Hunt, stuff like that. Put that set together 
And I really want more people to um, discover this film. And I'll go into detail in a little bit about the copy that's out now by 88 Films. That is the definitive version of this thing because there are so many cuts to it. I think I think Jose kind of hit the nail on the head when he was like, this is like a Three Stooges movie in, in a way. There's a lot of is, that yeah. going on in this movie. And I think that's, you know, if you're into that sort of slapstick stuff, um, that goes a long way in this movie. Um, well, it is, I, but it's not, but it's not like it's too not, much. Like, yeah. It's very limited. And, and I think I'm not a big three Stooges person. So that would have been more of a turnoff for me, but this one is just enough where it's funny, but it doesn't overstay. It's welcome. It's influenced by that type of broad physical <clears throat> yes. comedy, but it is not as in your face as a three, which is surprising considering we're talking about a martial arts film. It, it's just not in your face the way the Three Stooges are, where it's done as goofy, silly. There, it, it just it's fun to watch, and and I I do like Three Stooges, but to your point, it grates on me after a while. But here, yeah, actually, I I didn't like describing it that way. I'm so sorry. There, you know, there was there's articles on the internet that compare the three to they're like, oh, it's the Three Stooges of Kung Fu, and I I think that does a disservice to describe that. But I think more I think more to the point is it's the slapstick physical sort of comedy for laps then yeah, 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 yeah whatever I, I think they have more in common with the marx <laughs> brothers than they do with the three stooges especially like harpo and some of the the practical sight gags etc but but Absolutely. to me it's like if you got keaton lloyd and chaplin in a room together and watch them interact I, I think that's what you would get with you know these three trying to impress each other but before we talk yeah. about the action and even the comedy i do want to talk about the performances um i think all three are fantastic in here um jackie He's not the likable guy next door at the beginning of the film. You do grow to like him by the end of the film. Um, Can we talk about his lawyering skills? Since you know we ha we have some. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say as is, one attorney is, is to another. What do you? What would you say to that? He is. He is not a good lawyer. Um, I was shaking my head with these some of these court scenes. I was like, "What are they so doing?" If I'm on the stands and and you're questioning me and you question whether or not I love Troy. Or if I love you, do I have to answer that question? <laughs> Am I required? You're under oath. Yes, oh. you do actually. Mm. <laughs> oh. And by the way, wasn't the wasn't the judge the gangster from the beginning of um, Temple of Doom? That's what I yep. thought. I yes, thought the guy was, was from Temple of Doom. He's been a okay. lot that of films. looked like him, yeah. right? Yep. It yeah. Is him. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought. <laughs> no, but but Jackie, I'll, I'll tell you this. A lot. The answer is yes. By the way, to both of those questions, I love you both. It, so. be it better be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what what I love about oh, in that aquarium, can I just say also, yeah. Yunbu's aquarium. I felt bad for the fish. I was like, can they live like that in the tube? Oh yeah, that was. There was no weird. room for them to swim around, and I was like, okay, he's crazy. This, he set up a fish farm. He's crazy. Yeah, anyway, they're constantly moving. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, Jackie. So, people who always gravitate to him just doing purely comedic roles. There's comedy in this film, but I also like the fact that he kind of shows off his dramatic chops a little bit. Um, he's a bit callous. He he plays this sleazy womanizer. The truth of the matter is, though, that um, I know Japanese audience, Hong Kong audience, has really had a problem with his on-screen persona. But if you read anything about Jackie Chan, he was sort of a big flirt. So I don't think he was you know straight out womanizer or anything else of that nature. But how he is sort of chasing the ladies is, again, probably what he was like in real life. And he was just known as a flirtatious guy. 
um, very yeah, serious was. about his work, but you know, he, he had that reputation. Um, the Jackie groupies. Yeah. But I haven't heard a lot of gossip about any, you know, you know, out of wedlock Jackie Chan love babies. Like I haven't, you know what I mean? Like they're, to they're be there. sure a lot of the yeah. other Hong Kong stars have had that kind of scandal, he's, but he's almost never. He has, he has. He yes, he's fallen out of, um, I would say, public approval for some of his off-screen antics. So, oh, really? Again, spill, spill the tea. We're Ooh. just like all of the others that have popped up, the Joss Whedons and everything. We don't go into it. The Army Hammers. I mean, <laughs> we're grading these folks based on the artistic merit of what they put on the screen. Okay. Um, I, again, the, <laughs> you can not like the guy and can respect the art. I happen to like the guy, he's human. Now he, in in my opinion, hasn't done some of the crazy stuff that some of the other celebrities have done. Um, but he's got his skeletons in his closet. I, I think everybody does. Yeah. So, um, but I do like the fact that on screen, he, just like in Crime Story and some of his other films, he is trying to, um, I don't know, widen his acting chops a little bit. And he's playing against type. So, uh, and by the end of the film, he ends up in a good place. You see that character arc and development for him and Samo. Um, but I, I really like that. And I, I like your guys's response to it. Like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I like this out of the beginning. I think that's supposed to be that way. Um, what about Samo? Um, I, I don't know. Actually, how- I think he's the best in this movie. I'm, I know Jackie's really good at this, but I love Samo so much in this movie. He's great. He's so fun. Again, it's weird. Like with Jackie Chan, like you're introduced with to him slapping a woman and here you're introduced to Sammo Hung pulling a machine gun out of a duffel bag. And you're like, <laughs> okay, this is different, but you know, I don't know if it's like, like the self kind of loathing sort of thing and the self deprecation of, you know, him always calling himself fatty and all this stuff. And I, you know, it, it, he has to have like a good sense of humor about that. Cause it's in every movie, they always mention about how he's overweight, but like in this one, I don't know. It's just, he's fun. And like his kind of love craze sort of thing is awesome. Like when he's standing in the middle of the road, he's like, I hope she stops. And <laughs> you know, it just barely happens. It's just fun. Like, again, I, I think, I think Samo is the best in this movie. I, I, I gravitated towards him every time he was on screen. So I was, I was happy that he, this was kind of like a nice showing for him in this movie. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, his character in Meals on Wheels was super annoying, um, and I'm glad this wasn't a repeat of that. But yeah, he's very uh, he's very appealing in this one. I Except like that damn haircut. I hate that haircut so much. The bowl cut. It's God. Oh. He's so charming than, in this film. It's better than the curly hair he had in oh, Meals, Meals on Wheels. Meals on Meals, the perm. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, Brad. He he's one of the highlights in this. He is so charming. He just wins you over. I also like the fact. Like, that, why is it funny when he's holding a lamp? Like, why is oh that funny? God, that I don't is, know, but it is. That whole scene. And he's sitting I, in that car. Yes. I laugh <laughs> out loud every time I see that sequence to the point I'm almost snorting because his expression is just priceless. He's such a great comedic actor. I love the fact, too, that even when you get to the finale, when we talk about the action sequences, he, he doesn't necessarily. Well, yeah, he kind of takes a backseat to the other two. And lets them, you know, he gets his his punches and kicks in, but really that last part is more about Jackie and Yoon um, and the acrobatics and everything else. I'm all about zombie 
Samo in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's creepy, but he's that was a, wow. Yeah, and he's you know he's slim in this in compared to other films, and I think that had to do with his work that he had just done on Eastern Condors because he lost a lot of weight for that film. And that carries over to this, but he actually looks good. Like Samo, and you you talked about this too with Benny Arquidez. Those two guys, I think, would really hurt if they kicked you. I mean, that's not fat. That's that's muscle. Um, yeah, those guys look tough. Yun Yun Biao. How do you say it, Jose? I've always said it as Yun Biao. I I don't know. I for whatever reason I get stuck on Yun Biao. But Yun Biao. Yeah, I've heard it that way too. Biao, but, um, but yeah. As much as as much as Samo is fantastic watching this, I also think this is a great showcase for Yoon. I mean, the acrobatic that thing with the ladder at the beginning is awesome. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And just watching him like uh, I don't know, dive over a rail, go over to couch. I mean, he he's like a little cat kitten. Just it's amazing to watch him. He's a human cat. How that he bug he yeah. was planting in that couch was so big, <laughs> so big. It was like, they're going to notice that. They're definitely going to notice that. Um, what about the villains? I mean, you got Yunwa, which is the the scrawny little henchman. Or the, the cigar leader, right? smoking man? The cigar smoking, which I always cigar remember smoking. him from um, Eastern Condors. He's a the villain there. Eastern Condors. He's also in Kung Fu Hustle. Um, yeah. as the landlord, he's, he's the been, landlord. In, yeah, he's been in so many different movies, but I've always liked him as the villain and Samo and, and Koryun always put these little, I don't know, nuances or flourishes in his character. And like my favorite is the bar fight and he's trying to look at the action and his bodyguard keeps getting in the way <laughs> and he's like, I, I can't see dude, get out of the way. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's not afraid of what's going on. He, he almost looks like he wants to jump in there and fight everybody, but he's letting, you know, he's letting the guys do it. And he gets a couple of kicks in at the end, but so does he turn into the Joker later? Like after, after this movie's over is like, is he the Joker now? Cause he falls into that corner. Kind of toxic. Vat? Yeah. I think he was dead in that vat, but I would like to see him come back. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun. Um, Mirror. Sorry. Did, did the comedy hold up for you guys? I mean, you made a good point earlier, Jose. A lot of times with Hong Kong comedy, it's it's always very broad. It's very slapsticky, and a lot of times in these films, even some of the early Stephen Chow stuff, which I love, at some point I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with that. I mean, it, it's very toilet humor at some regards. How did the com- comedy hold up in this one? Uh, they don't. Uh, like Brad said, that they don't overstay their welcome. It doesn't become so much that it's like eye rolling. It's I think it's just the right amount, honestly. Yeah. And, and I'll say for me, as someone who is just watching this for the first time, like you're kind of concentrating on the subtitles as well when stuff is going on. So kind of having this broad comedy sort of helps because you don't miss any of the nuance because, you know, your eyes are focused on some words that are going at the bottom of the screen. So having this broad sort of comedy helps uh, kind of catch it all. Um, Cause you know, when, once I go back and see this again, I won't concentrate as much on the story. Cause let's be honest, <laughs> the story is not great in this movie. Um, but that, that, you know, that kind of helps when you're trying to read and, and watch a movie at the same time. The story. Well, I'll warn yeah. you the the dub is Terrible, well, but yeah, but whoever, I love I love that I love that whoever they have dubbing Jackie Chan is it's, awful. Like is it's a high pitched one, high pitched voice guy who's like, 
would you like to go to dinner? And it's like, oh, it's awful. It's awful. I, I really like the comedy. So I watch this movie as much for the comedy as the action in some cases. So you, you've got the blend of it when they're like fighting in the parking lot, et cetera. But you talked about some of these scenes already, Brad, when Samo's holding the lamp, um, when they put Samo in the closet. Uh, I, I love when he sneaks into the factory and is taking pictures and he's looking through that viewer and somebody's staring right back at him. Then he goes in and by the end of it, everybody stops what they're doing to just stare at him taking pictures. I find that just absolutely genius. hilarious. Yeah. And Comic genius. And, and the, when young Bial is carrying him at the very end out of the factory. Oh yeah. When he's carrying you. So great. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. And he just drops him. So there, there's good slapstick comedy in it. But the other thing I like is there's some smart uh, things going on with it as well. So you get the light switch, you know, uh, prop and stuff like that, which is which is fun. But I, I just I, I, okay. very airplane. It is. Yeah, I was like, that one was the one where I was like, okay, where's this one coming from? It's just like a gigantic light switch, and I was like, am I missing something? Like, is this an homage to something? Was it just a giant light switch? Yeah, just a giant I think light he's switch. just crazy. That it's was crazy. yeah. I was like, surely there's got to be a story behind this light switch, but apparently not. So no, good. it's just there. I, and, and just the little flourishes where they come out of, I think, the police station and Jackie thinks that they, you know, Yoon and Samo um, are shaking hands and they made up and he's like, oh, we're all going to get together. And they turn around and flip them off. <laughs> so it, it's that it's those things that I think make this work because you can definitely tell that humor between those three. I mean, it's spot on. They're they're having a ton of fun making this film. I think that comes through, even though they're playing characters that are supposed to be at odds. But I, I find the comedy just as enjoyable as the action scenes. But the action is where it's at, right? So, Jose, is is it the boat sequence that's your favorite out of everything? You know, honestly, I think the the warehouse stuff is probably the best. But I think the 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 boat sequence. I mean, it's just. It, it moves and he's so nimble on all the things that he does. It's, it's pretty amazing. Well, the boat is just Jackie, the factory, you get all three of them. So I, I think, you know, by default, it's kind of unfair to compare because you get all three at the end. Yeah. So I was trying to write down on the third time I watched it. If you list out the action sequence so this year. Yeah. This year. So this is what I got so far. So you get Jackie well, at the restaurant. Cuts. That's yeah. <laughs> It's well, there is. Um, you get oh, <laughs> you get Jackie at the restaurant, right? So that's that's how we open. I mean, you get the villain kind of taken out with the car with the car the jump. Yes, well, you get him kicking somebody and then his head kind of going to that ceiling fan too. So you get oh, some yeah. you get some little Jackie flourishes. But what I like is it's an intense fight scene. Like they they are really taking some blows. Then of course you get Jackie. <laughs> then he slaps a woman. Slaps but, a woman. Know, whatever. So it's not your typical <laughs> Jackie chance. So that's kind of the first one. Then you get the second one with Samo selling guns, and then the guys can't afford it, so he hands them over knives and said, this is more your speed. The thing I want to point out, too, for those not familiar with Hong Kong action, um, a lot of times they will put talcum powder or just a powder on their bodies so that when you see a kick or you know a punch land, you'll see this little puff of white. That's typical in films from the 80s. The reason being is the, the artist's, um, and, and I use the term artist true and true here. The artists are wanting to show, you know, the audience that, yep, we're really hitting each other and they're trading blows. So it's not camera, um, placement or, you know, 
photographic tricks of, you know, it looks like you're hitting it, but you're really five feet apart. When you see that little puff of white talcum powder go out, that means they made contact and, and that's part of these films. So that's the second one. Then you get um, Yoon and Jackie in Yoon's apartment. They have a little exchange there. Then he turns on the big light switch. So that's three. Then you get Samo and Yoon, and um, they are fighting with each other, you know, when they discover each other. And again, it's it's proof they move so effortlessly against each other and with each other. They've been doing this, obviously, for years. Then the fifth one, you get Samo and Yoon in Jackie's bedroom, and then you add Jackie. Then the sixth one... You get a bar fight with Dick Way, which is fantastic. Then you get Jackie on the boat, which is Dick Way with a denim jacket, which is, I mean, if you thought the bar fight scene with Dick Way was awesome, Dick Way in a leather or a denim jacket hitting people is even better. Just keep saying <laughs> Dick Way, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's one of it's one of Jackie's best fight scenes. Um, it's great choreography, and like you said, Jose, it shows off his skills. This is where we start to see Chin Carlock. Chin Carlock is a stuntman. And you had talked about a sequence and you called it out where Jackie is kind of bending over backwards, coming down the steps. You remember what I'm talking about? Where it yeah. almost looks like he dislocates his shoulder and he's going backwards to kick somebody. That's not Jackie. Um, that's Chin Carlock. So... Hmm. Chinkar Lock on a couple of different sequences. This is where you'll start to see it. Is he Actually, the guy who's really ripped? Because there's some times where Jackie just looks absolutely ripped, and you're like, yes, he's in good shape, but he's not that good shape. You'll see him if you go back, and if we were watching it together in the bar scene when they're sitting there drinking milk, he he plays one of the henchmen and walks through. So the interesting thing about the bar fight sequence, if you notice like when it's over and a bunch of people are running out and they're hiding their faces, that's because those henchmen are going to show up later in different oh, characters. Right. <laughs> so you got to understand that, you know, when you're talking about police story two and dragons forever, remember all those films that they're filming in 1988 at the same time, they're working at these on these films consecutively. And one of the things is that Jackie was injured. I assume it's from project day two or, or something of that nature. So Jackie could do most things, but if they ever ran across something where he couldn't do something due to an injury or whatever, I mean, they have to keep filming because their production schedule is so tight. So you would have somebody like Chin Carlock who would, you know, double for Jackie or Yoon later on. Um, and, you know, Chin Carlock, there's things that Jackie can do that he can't do. But we can get into these sequences where like, hey, Jackie, we need you to do this. And he goes, I, I just can't move that way. Then it's like, all right, he's going to do this one sequence, um, and it's barely noticeable. Again, there's some fantastic editing here, and you think that entire sequence is Jackie doing everything. There's one sequence it's not. Um, hmm. Then you get Yoon. There's no Santa Claus. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, then you get Yoon versus Jackie in the dark that leads to Jackie, Yoon, and Samo fighting in the parking lot. This is next to the finale. This is my favorite fight sequence only because it's so much fun to watch. And you got Samo and Jackie doing the same move at one point and it throws them both off. <laughs> and yeah. Is that the one kind of at night? Yes. No. Yep. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. In front of their there. house with yes. when the yeah. woman in the Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just, perf it, to me, it's perfection of movement, but between, you know, three people, it's fantastic. Watch that's your eighth fight scene. Then you get number nine. You're not even at the finale yet. You've got eight really good fight sequences. You get number nine and that's Samo at the drug factory and Samo takes out a few guys and then he fights Benny, the jet or And it doesn't last very long. Benny just takes him out like that. Right. 
Now you get to the big finale and it's broken up into two sequences. So you got part one and this is really Jackie and Yoon fighting all the thugs and it is freaking amazing. The amount of hits, the falls, the acrobatics, it's ridiculous. Um, you feel every fall. I don't know about you guys. As many times I've seen this, when that guy gets thrown up against the wall, hits the top of the vat, and then hits the floor, I think he's dead. He should be dead. Dead. Yeah. Dead, or at least paralyzed. Or paralyzed, yes. Like, that guy's not <laughs> yeah. walking anymore. Um, and then that's the, and the other guy that when he kicks that guy and he falls back, like, in slow motion, and his body just compresses oh, on the yes. – on that thing, I'm like, he's paralyzed. That yeah. guy's he's eating through a straw for the rest of his life. I'm like, good lord. And then, um, you know, that office the, in the beginning when there's like that office where they break the window and that yeah. one guy he hits that one guy and he just he just goes down so hard. I like, I can just feel it. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, they're breaking yeah, things. It's it's, uh, it's just even Yun Biao jumping through the broken glass and not getting. I mean, that's yeah. classic peaking opera. It's fantastic. This is where um, Chin Karlock shows up and doubles for Yoon Biao. So the one sequence that I always thought, I mean, it's my favorite Yoon Biao move, is when he goes through the railing and sort of does the somersault yeah. thing. That's not yeah. Yoon Biao. Um, <laughs> uh, I was always going to be disappointed that he came on here because you're just shattering all of his reality. I There's well, no Santa. So I think that, and again, I'm getting a lot of this from commentaries and slow motion. And, and if you get a Blu-ray, big enough TV, you will see it. There's a couple of sequences where you see um, the back of Yun Biao's head standing with Jackie or something. That's actually Chin Karlock because obviously Yun Biao was doing mm. something else. And the other thing to keep in mind too is – um, Sam O'Hung is directing one sequence and then you've got Jackie directing, you know, part two of the finale over here. So more than likely you've, you've got, because they're not shooting with sound, you probably got two different fights going on at the same time, probably. Um, but yeah, that, that first, uh, part one of the big finale is something that I will watch over and over on repeat. It's just so freaking amazing. And it leads us to, um, Yun Biao just getting, kicked so hard by i feel that thing through the television and then you get jackie versus benny um now you said jose you like this one better than wheels on meals right yeah yeah i do i i don't i think the brutality of it is it's 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 more visceral I, for whatever reasons i think this fight is much much better and more intense than the wheels on meals fight yeah I, I think i'm with you brad do you have do you have a preference between the two or do you remember them I don't remember the the one you're all alluding to, but this one is pretty awesome. And speaking of when people fall, the when he falls like on the concrete, like on the step, yes. Jackie Chan, I'm like, okay, like again, you're you're eating through a straw for the rest of your life. Like I <laughs> just don't understand how rubber these people are, where they just kind of bounce back up, and you're like, ah, you're not human. I know the, you're definitely not the, human. The level of a stuntman flying through the air and landing on some hard object. Like it, it, it happens like every second in this fight. And it's just, when I say I want to be a stunt person, it's certainly not over there. It's in the <laughs> it's U S system. It's not on this film. I'm not throwing myself onto like uh, an iron railing. Backwards you want to be a part to, of a union and be protected. 
Right, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> Jose, I think you know, like this to me is a better sequence. Now, this is the one that's choreographed by Jackie Chan. I think it is a better sequence than Wheels on Meals simply because of the intensity. But my goodness, their veins are popping out of their head. I mean, they mm. are going at it. It is so much yeah. fun to watch. Um, and here's the other thing is that Chin Carlock doubles for Jackie Chan on that amazing kind of spin kick that lands right on his that's, chest. That's what I was talking about where it, it looks really noticeable there. Yeah, so that is Chin okay. Carlock. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind is anytime you see Benny really taking that type of kick or when he gets like kicked through the glass, that's actually Mars from the Jackie Chan Stuntman Association. So that's not Benny or Kida's taking that kick, okay. but it's one of um, Jackie Chan's like, so if you go and look up Mars on IMDb, you'll go, oh, that guy. He's in every Jackie Chan movie. He's been in just about everything from the start. Um, you know, you'll, you'll remember him from police story. You'll remember from project A. He has a very noticeable face, but again, if, if you slow it down and, and you zoom in and you look at, Oh, watch Benny Arquitas getting hit or taking that kick. You can clearly see it's Mars and like a Benny, the jet Arquitas wig. Um, but yeah, Benny didn't, Benny didn't take those falls. That was, that was Jackie Chan's stuntman. Well, I'm surprised because Benny certainly has the body to take those kinds of falls. <laughs> Mars is a birth name. Um, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm just getting pictures of the planet. Yeah, uh, so I'm a little disappointed. Um, you know, the other thing I want to pop out that always strikes me, like one of my favorite shots is in the finale, and it's when you see the reflection of you, Yoon Biao, show up in the window, and then the other guy's I face. I love that. Yeah. Samo and Corey have so much good camera work, and again, if Dragons Forever teaches you anything about action films it's the importance of editing and your medium to close up to long shots and the pacing i really think you could study this thing and go look at how action is filmed and choreographed here versus any other film in the world and again between jackie chan's stuntman association and samuel hung stuntman association putting on you know, these epic fight sequences, they're good, but it's the editing that brings it all together. And some of that oh, camera yeah. work where, again, those two faces pop up, one in a reflection, one that just, you know, comes out of the window. It's that kind of stuff that just make this such a unique fight sequence. And why yeah, that shot most is, of it. That shot is absolutely one of my favorites. And it, you know, it just sort of conveys, I mean, they're fighting 20 people, right? So it just sort of conveys that whole, like, Oh, there's a person over there. No, now there's another person over there. And it's just, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I agree. And God, ble God bless the cinematographer who, who thinks about those things. I like it. Yeah. And yeah. none of the action is confusing. You know, I mean, there's nothing worse than a bunch of bodies, just, you know, shaky cam or whatever. And you don't know who's on the right side of the screen, the left side of the screen, where the foot's coming from, or, you know, this Everybody, you know where they're at, you know where they're getting kicked from, you know where they're landing. The sequential movement of everybody makes total sense in terms of a logistical placement of the camera. Again, this is one of the most perfectly filmed action sequences um, in film history, especially when you consider all of the stuff that's going on. And like you said, 20 or 30 guys are getting thrown around, um, drinking through straws uh, when this movie's <laughs> over with. And well, I, eating through straws, Troy. Everyone drinks through a straw. Okay, They're sorry, eating. eating through straws. Well, but I'm just, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, it, and we're talking about a factory, but this isn't like a real big set. Like this is 
like the smallest factory I've ever seen in my life. So we're talking about 30 or, you know, 40 guys in a pretty small space, but you can still know where everything is and where people are, where they're coming from, you know, the stairs play a big part of it, you know, and then there's the thing with the big, you know, the vats and all that. So like, it's very distinct, but it's not huge. So, you know, it's, the, the spacing and all that plays a big part of it too. So I, I like how, like you're saying, you know where everything is and where everybody's going, but we're not talking about an unlimited space either. It's very small. Um, and that's impressive in itself too. Yeah. And it's exciting. Some of the, some of the colors made me, made me think like, Oh, it's Willy Wonka and the heroin factory. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> right? a good description. Cause like some of the vats, they had like weird colors. Yeah. yeah the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> No, I, um, I, this is a yeah, sequence I hate, that I hate can... movies. I hate action movies where everything's like shot in medium. Yeah. And so you, all you, all you kind of see is like arms and, and people huffing and gruffing, but you can't. So, you know, all these Hong Kong action movies have spoiled action movies for me growing up because, you know, I would go to a movie and be like, why couldn't I see a long shot of that? Why couldn't I see more of the choreography? So, um, yeah, Jackie Chan ruined it for me. Well, I all of them did. Corey Yoon, <laughs> Samuel Hung, Yun Biao. I mean, yeah. uh, Michelle Yeoh. The, the fact of the matter is it's very hard in today's age to find a stunt person who can act, be charismatic. I mean, who's the next Samuel Hung? Who's the next Jackie Chan? Who's the next Yun Biao? We're, who? I, I uh, can't. Sam Hargrave. Yes, I win. <laughs> Sam Hargrave, okay. But th- think about. I mean, what... he could be the next. He acted yeah. in Atomic Blonde Extraction. He could be the next stunt guy who acts. <laughs> yeah, he could be. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about again. It's lightning in a bottle. You've got this time and place where these people were doing everything in front of the camera, behind the camera, and they were making these films that really changed the world, in my opinion. Um, Ooh, Elaine uh, uh, Musawi. Elaine Musawi, he's in those awful kickboxer movies. Um, but he could be the next Van Damme, uh, somebody or other. Have, have you seen that? Kickboxer and Kickboxer Retaliation with yes. Bautista and stuff like that. Yeah. The main guy, his name is Elaine Musui or Musui. Anyway, he's not the best actor, but he he has the physicality. And then if they send him to acting school, he might be able to. Well, I, I, I love Scott Atkins. I mean, I, he's one of the few that when something comes out, I definitely will go and watch him. The, the problem, you know, I can't believe I've forgotten him. I, yeah. I wish he was a bigger star, honestly. I, I do too. I think that, I think what I'm, what I'm looking for though is, and again, what Brad kind of mentioned this already, what makes somebody like Jackie Chan so unique is he learned the entire trade of filmmaking, directing, editing, choreography, acting, music. Um, obviously, you know, a Chinese drama academy or Peking opera school is, is going to give you a good start. But if you think about the film industry and everything that goes into what it takes to make a movie, Jackie Chan has tried his hand at just about everything, even down to the catering portion of it. So yeah, how many, what do you think a Jackie Chan sandwich is like, what's he putting on it? That's the important question. I want to know what kind of sandwich Jackie Chan is making. It's all protein. It's all protein. It's meat, like with meat, meat, 
a little bit of cheese, meat, lettuce, meat, with meat, 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 meat. And am I getting any bread at all? No, a low protein uh, and a little uh, aioli. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Maybe Just an avocado. Maybe, maybe it's two oh. uh, an avocado split in half with meat in the middle. That's your bread. Um, <laughs> no, and, and I don't want to sit here and sound like an old man and go, ah, the movie's back in the, it. It's not that. It's just it really, um, like you said, Jose. I get spoiled by going back and revisiting these films, and then when you go back and watch a lot of modern cinema, even modern Chinese or Korean or you know any type of Asian cinema, it, it where where is our next Jackie Chan? Right. Right. Well, I mean, there's and, you know, few I would, and far oh. between. You know, we have things like The Raid, which I think The Raid is is like a modern. It, it you know it's Indonesian, but it's taking its influences from the eighties sure. Hong Kong yeah. films. Um, you know, so it's there. It's just it's not consistent. It, it's it's not that run from seventy eight to ninety four. No, absolutely yeah. right. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say that. Uh, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, look. In, in, oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. Far, far be it from me to say that, you know, a good performer would make a good director or a good director would make a good actor. But I think there's something to be said about the fact that if you come from a performing aspect and you you perform and you visualize in your own head how you're going to look, how you're going to execute your moves, I think that translates absolutely into being a director or being a DP because you you've seen both sides of the line in some, in some aspects, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In front of the camera and then behind the camera as well. Um, but you know, there, there are some directors who've never acted in their lives and they're amazing directors. So it, it, like I said, I would never say that, but I think you're right. Jackie has benefited from the fact that he was, you know, performing with uh, CDA and the seven little fortunes, which is, which was their traveling show. Um, through the Peking Opera, um, and he just knows how that translates. He knows how it's going to look and how it's going to be exciting and what's going to get an audience moving. Yeah, I agree. Um, and do you guys have any other thoughts about the film? Because before we get into our question about whether it's a bomb, I do want to talk about this 88 film's release. Sure, go ahead and chill on a not-sponsored podcast. Go right ahead. Look, so if... 88 films, if you'd like to sponsor yeah, us. I, yeah, just I'll write, take a check. Right. Right, Troy and Brad. <laughs> yeah, well, the first thing I want to point out is there is an artist, and he does the covers for 88 films. He goes by Kung Fu Bob. Nobody captures the spirit of a Jackie Chan film the way that this guy's art does. So if you go back and look at all the 88 film covers, um, check out the artwork by Kung Fu Bob. You can actually buy prints from him of these Jackie Chan covers. I've bought all of them. They're fantastic. Um, but this dragons forever release is just a thing of beauty. It's two discs and you were kind of joking about all the different cuts. Um, there is a, on disc one brand new 4k restoration of the original Hong Kong version, which was 94 minutes. Um, and it's original one eight, five, one aspect ratio. Um, you also get all the dubbing, the 5.1 DTS, all of that stuff. Um, you also, now these are, these are some of the special features. Get get a load of this. You get, um, this is ridiculous. Audio commentary by Mike Leader and um, Arne Venema. New, Benny Forever, interview with Benny the Jet Arquitas. Um, discussing Dragons Forever, interview with David Desser. Hong Kong Cinema Forever, interview with Mike Leader. 
working with the Dragons interview, Jude Poyer, the Legacy of Dragons Forever feature it with today's actors in martial arts, including Troy Sanford, Chris Jones, Ross Boysick, Maria, Maria Tran, Mike Leader, Jean Paul Lee, who is fantastic. Check out Jailbreak and Night Shooters. He's a, he's a really good martial artist. Mark Strange. Okay, this goes on. Double Jeopardy, an interview with Brad Allen. You remember who Brad Allen is, right, Brad? No, you sent me he's this the, the other day, and I was trying to think. He's the Australian guy. Yes, he's the first um, non-Asian to be part of the Jackie Chan Stunt Man Association, but he also did action choreography for a movie that we reviewed early on. Do you remember what movie that was? Last Action Hero. I don't know. No, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, yeah. Brad Allen coordinated that or did yes. the fights for that? Did the fights for I it. I love that movie. Yep. Beyond Gravity, an interview with- We brought that movie back, by the way. You're Joe welcome. Ego. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wait, are you going to go see it? You're going to go see it, right? Oh, yeah, in 4K? Has it come, has it come out yet? Uh, no, it's playing. they're doing an Atmos soundtrack and 4K release of it, so- um, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely check. Well, I mean, in the and they brought the, I think and they brought the game. Theaters. They brought the game back too. So they you know, did. You're welcome. Okay. You're, you're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even done. So there's tons more. There's deleted scenes, interview with Andy Chang, end credits from the Japanese version remastered, outtakes behind the scenes. That's disc one. Disc two, you get the four brand new 4K restoration of Cyclone Z because that's what it was called in Japan, which is the 98 minute version. Plus, you get a brand new 4K restoration of the export version, which was the 94-minute version of Dragons Forever. So, yeah, there's three versions of the film on this release. This thing wow. is just, if you love Dragons Forever, you have to own this release of it. It's Region B. So, if you're in the U.S., you got to get an all-region player, which is not hard wow. to, to do. But um, I need one. You need one. I believe if you have an Xbox, I believe all Xboxes are region free. Oh, okay. If you can find a cheap one, but I yeah, this, so. well, 80, 88 films, you should do region free stuff, please. God. <laughs> well, I, what I'm hoping is if this is what 88 films is doing, Eureka also does a lot of, um, great restorations. Eureka did police story and police story two, and then criterion mm. turned around and released it over here. So my hope if, you know, um, who's our listener who writes into criterion all the time, please Nick? start Nick. No, yeah. Nick. Is yeah. It, yeah Nick. Yeah, please start a campaign that goes back and does a Godzilla or Bruce Lee's, you know, style box set for Criterion and just release all the Golden Harvest Jackie Chan movies. I I would be really, really grateful. Um, there should be a Golden Harvest box. There should or be. a box set, a collection. There should be. Oh. It would make all the yeah. monies in the world, I think. Yeah, Troy would buy them all. I would buy like, all the monies. That's everybody oh, would be getting nice. that for Christmas. Everybody um, from me, if that happened. Uh, By the way, Kung Fu Kung Fu Bob is definitely a great artist. He's on Instagram as Kung Fu Bob's Art, and I think his website is www.shaolinchamber36.com. He has amazing great prints. artwork. I have bought some Jim Kelly prints from him. All the Jackie Chan stuff. He does all these exclusive art covers for 88. I mean, if you want some amazing, great artwork for display, that's the guy you go listen to or listen to. I mean, they're the, masterpieces. Yeah. Go Good. and look at those websites. Oh my God. I, I, I apologize um, for two things. A, um, I feel like I've talked to your guys ears off about everything. Jackie Chan. I'm I'm literally sweating here because I've been so excited and it doesn't you help. You literally that, are. Yeah. Um, you're the expert. You're the Jackie Chan expert. And my daughter I mean, came up here and brought me a milkshake. So if you heard me slurping that, that was my milkshake, but the sugar, I'm on a sugar high right now. 
Um, and so excited to spend a couple hours talking about anything. Are there a bunch of boys outside your house right now? Are there? Uh huh. What? <laughs> your milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, I see. I'll leave. Oh, that God. was good. That was good. You're wah, yeah. wah. Okay. landed with a thud. Yeah. Brad will no longer be making jokes. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so I gotta ask, I gotta ask the question. I'm gonna start with you, Jose. Um, obviously, it's just ludicrous to even ask if any Jackie Chan movie was a bomb. But you know, for the sake of our podcast and keeping the theme, is Dragons Forever, a bomb. It is not a bomb. Not a bomb. It's amazing. Maybe Skip Trace or Kung Fu Yoga, but not Oof. Dragons Forever. Yeah, I'll give you that. Ooh, Kung Fu Yoga. My goodness. What is it with Stanley Tong and CGI Tigers? I don't... All right, anyways, Brad, first time watch, Jackie Chan, Samuel Hung, Yim Biao, Dragons Forever. Is it a bomb? Yeah, not a bomb. Okay. I mean, I, I wasn't going to go on here and say it was, Troy, even if I thought so. I mean, I can't. But it, it's it's definitely not, though. It isn't. It's really fun. It's got some great comedic moments and some great – I mean, it's got like nine to ten action set pieces in a 90-minute movie. So you're getting one every ten minutes, probably less than that because, you know, they're not just like a minute long. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, again, if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch it right now. Yes, or go get that 88 Films release. I'm telling you guys. Yes. You have to own it. <laughs> you oh know, my. and pay international shipping, but that's fine. Hey, it's worth it, man. It is so worth it. You're getting three cuts of the film. I can go and read this thing again, but listen. All no, right. we, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, uh, Brad. Happy birthday, Jackie Chan. Yes, happy belated birthday. Um, we, we celebrate... Well, I know, I don't know, I know how I'm doing it this month. I'm watching like Jackie Chan movies all month. So you sacrifice a goat. What? I'm oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no, I didn't sacrifice. Uh, what oh did we God. tell you about jokes, Brad? <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, you're you're in the uh, the corner when it comes to jokes. Wait, so do you want to know? Um, oh, go ahead. No, you no, I, because that's what I say next will be towards the end of the show. So towards the okay. So I was going to say, Troy, um, isn't Jackie's Chinese name mean something like becoming a dragon or something like that or dragon ascending? I thought I read that somewhere. Yeah, it's something. I mean, his his real name is Chan Tseng Kong. So it it has oh, like, I didn't know that. yeah, some meaning to that. What? It's <laughs> what do you? What do you no, I, I just I love that you're such a stand that is like it's just so adorable. I love it. I love it. I know Michelle Yeoh's real Chinese name, so I'm. I guess. I guess it's not unheard of to know their actual. No, Chinese no, I know, names. I know, I know. Yeah. All right. I just love. It. Well, Brad, what what are we? What man? I'm now. I'm depressed because we're not going to talk about Jackie Chan next week. And I swear to God, oh. if you pick a movie that a monkey dies, we're we're fighting. Okay. So. Oh, I don't know. A monkey dies. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. Link. I, I need Richard I need Franklin's some, link. <laughs> I, I need some breathing room from the last monkey uh, atrocity that we saw. What was that documentary called? Like Zoo or something like that? Wasn't there a documentary called like Zoo or something? Oh, about the guy that has sex with a horse? What? Yeah. Yeah. Does the monkey die in that movie? Because I'm sure. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, anyway, I'm not watching. Wait, what did you review where a monkey died? Should well, we I bring this up? We didn't. So oh. it's a long story, but the fall has something happened to a monkey and Troy was not very happy with it. So uh, yeah. at least it wasn't the monkey from Cuthbert Island. 
Oh, thank God. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah. Or but speed now, racer. But now but... if I die, if I die before <laughs> Troy on my tombstone, it'll say something about this damn Darwin monkey from the fall. So, you know, I hope, I hope Troy goes first. Cause I don't want that on my <laughs> tombstone forever. Anyway, for okay. next week. Sorry. Yes. We are watching 2012's science action film from the Disney corporation. John Carter, also called John Carter of Mars. Ooh. From is it from Mars? John Carter from Mars? John Carter of Mars, yes. Of Mars, yes. Of Mars. You know, when you said sci-fi and Disney, I was like, ooh, my science project. Oh what? <laughs> that's that's we'll probably that mm, yeah. that'll be a while. That'll I think, I while. think that <laughs> one's coming though. We're, we're that'll be like that. year three of not a bomb. Yeah. Well, but it should I, be on there because it was a bomb, but it was oh, it's not on there. a bomb. I just bought the Kino, the Kino Lorber sale, so I picked that oh, up finally. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> Stop hating me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> All right, it's a John, sickness. Troy and I have the sickness. I know. See? No, I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, this is on uh, Disney Plus, or you can have it on Blu-ray like Troy. And has you Have you opened – is this in the to-watch pile, or have you watched it? It's in the to-watch pile. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Well, I, I saw it in theaters. theaters in 3D. It was oh, amazing. Yeah. That, I saw that in 3D I too. I loved it. Yeah. But I, I haven't. The little uh, baby pod monsters. They're yeah. so cute. I haven't opened the Blu-ray yet. But it gives me a reason to do that. See, this is helping me get through that to-watch pile. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm loving it. So John Carter, if you're playing along for next week. Awesome. Also, if you want to send us a recommendation or feedback, that, that is not a bomb pod at gmail.com. And you can follow us on all the social medias like Jose does. Yeah. Interact with me and Troy. Um, and a big, big thank you to everybody who sends us the recommendations. Um, I'm again, we say this every week. We're so grateful for just uh, you listening, participating, reaching out to us. If you like what you hear, you know, leave us a review, share the podcast. Um, Brad, what else? Oh, um, what? Someone sent a movie to me today. Oh yeah, you made it big time when I did. Yeah. Cool. Someone sent me a copy of The Fall, which they could have put on eBay and sold for quite a bit of money, but they sent it to me because my dumbass lost the disc. I'm still gonna find it. I'm gonna find that thing and be happy that I found it. And you know, but that was so it, nice. Whoever sent that, thank I know, you. That's, that's, very that's nice. awesome. That's, that's very awesome. nice. So Troy and I will get to The Fall at some point in time, but I do have a copy. I put it in. And it works, so I'm good to go. Awesome. You verified it. it. Yeah. Okay, huh? good. Um, Our Sam is one of my favorite directors ever. You're going to have a great time. It's yeah, good. Well, I, great time. No, I watched it, and I, I can honestly say there is a part of that film I did not have a great time during. Jose, so. why did you have to bring it back up? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I Sorry. do have one question for you, Jose. <laughs> so I, mm. I was wondering how you were going to relate Showgirls to Dragons Forever. I mean, is, is there a connection? Uh, maybe one of the henchmen was, uh, would be right at home at the cheetah as a bouncer. <laughs> Probably. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's a stretch, but we'll take it. Um, all right. What else, Brad? Did we get all the formalities out? We're good to go. Yeah. Are you, are you happy with our output for Jackie Chan? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. You guys love the film. Um, obviously it's, uh, next year it'll be tough to do a follow-up. 
to Dragons Forever. And my guess is Jackie Chan's going to make his way a couple of times, you know, between now and and next year's birthday. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm happy you guys enjoyed it. I'm happy to uh, share it with everybody. And if you haven't seen it, please um, rush right out. Don't take this just from a dedicated Jackie Chan fanatic, but obviously there's two other people um, who enjoyed it as well. So with that, I'm I'm excited to go back and visit John Carter. If you're playing along, make sure to go and watch it and send us your thoughts. Uh, Jose, it is, again, I can't say this enough. Thank you for just spending time out of a busy week to come and talk Jackie Chan with us and drop more knowledge. We cannot wait to have you on again. Um, uh, thank you for having me back, you guys. I love it. I love it. It was great. Great time. It's always a great time. <laughs> it's so much fun. And I apologize to everybody for just spouting out, just doing a brain dump on everything Jackie Chan. But it's adorable. I love it. All right. Me too. I, I concur. Yeah. I don't know if you're having, um, well, I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening, but I 100% hope you're having a fantastic day. And we will catch you next week. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.